Bam, we're live. Check, check. Can you guys hear me? I switched my mic last night. Hopefully I can get the phone to work and the uh, and this microphone and the headset all simultaneously. Uh, good morning, Fanny. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Omar. Audrey, hi. Bam, Audrey's ready. That's all that matters. Sure can. All right, awesome. Thank you, David. Uh, this morning we have uh, Greg Glassman coming in in a couple minutes. Maybe a couple seconds. Steve, what's up, dude? And uh, and then uh, at 7.30, we have uh, Joe Westerling coming in. I haven't talked to Joe in forever. Forever, forever, forever. He'll be hanging out with uh, Greg and I today, former, uh, probably a flow master over at CrossFit. Maybe he still is a flow master. I don't even know. Talk, that's how long it is I've uh, talked to him. Greg was asking me last night, are you going to do a pre-interview with him? I said, no, I'm on vacation. I don't really do pre-interviews. Um, I do want to uh, share something with you guys. Hey, good morning. You guys know I grew up in the Bay Area. I love all the crazy shit. I love 20-foot-tall marijuana plants. I don't mind crazy party. I don't mind nudity. I don't mind drinking. I don't mind all... all any crazy shit adults want to do, I'm cool with. As long as it doesn't hurt uh, other people. I love the love fest that they do in the middle of San Francisco. Um I'm pretty much cool with everything as long as it doesn't hurt other people. Like pooping on the sidewalk, I think that hurts other people. I don't like that. Even if you're an adult, I don't like it. And uh, and introducing kids to drugs and um, adult type of ideas, uh, I don't like that either. I, I want to show you something. I, I did a um, – when Caleb was on here the other morning, we were talking. I was talking about this – these uh, tranny uh, reading hours – for kids where you take your kids to the library, you bring your, your child to the library and then uh, transvestites read to them. And I, I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. I don't like bringing your kids to men who have an unquenchable desire to hang out with little kids. I don't, I don't like it. And I want to read to you some of the responses and show you uh, how off people are, how confused people are. Um, so this person writes, maybe you could ha have an actual conversation about this once you learn the difference between a trans person and a drag queen. Oh, Nelly. Maybe we'll come back to this. That's like, that's like me telling you, hey, uh, lawnmowers are dangerous. Don't flip them upside down and touch them. And you telling me that's not a lawnmower, it's a blender. And I'm like, okay, fine, you win. Still don't put your hand in it. I don't care. I don't really care what the... Uh, you can win that all day long. I think putting your hands in things with spinning blades is a bad idea. Hi, Greg. Sir, what's up? Good morning. Oh, my, uh, let me see. I think maybe my headsets. Oh, shoot. Here we go. How's that? Is that better for everyone? Can you it's hear me same. better? Oh, it is? Okay. It's a little louder. Okay. I switched to this microphone. This is I, I set up all my stuff in um, uh, Newport Beach, so this is kind of a test run. I tested it last night, but then I had to make some tweaks to it. Looks good, bud. Thanks. I'm just uh, pushed up in a kitchen here up against a white wall. I was, uh, I was talking about um, the, uh, the reading hours that they have at libraries. And, and, I, and I like the idea. 
I like the idea of like a, a late an Amish lady, uh, the Amish lady reading hour. You know what I mean? Where she comes. <laughs> why can't they have that one? Where's why do, can that be? Uh, they have the the transvestite reading hour, then the Amish lady reading hour, and then like maybe like uh, I don't know. Why does it have to be something crazy? Why can't they just have a simple reading hour? Regular person reading a boring old lady reads to your kids hour. You know what I mean? Like retired physician reading hour. I want it. I'm good with it. It's all grooming. Why isn't it? Why aren't there any women doing that? Why aren't there any women dressing up as like weird characters and going? Why is it all dudes? Well, that picture you showed me that that is a woman. <laughs> right. All right, Eric Weiss, the the attract the hot librarian reading hour. Yeah, totally. Super fit mom reading hour. They just harvest them from CrossFit gyms across the uh, country. Hey, dude, how about uh, how about our buddy Travis's son? It's amazing. Yeah, truly, truly a beautiful thing to watch a father's son crazy dream just come true. It's like a one in a gazillion, right? Even the route they took. It's it's what you you know. It's a, it's unprecedented. Have have you have you shared this story with any people? Like, have you been like, dude? I got this I, buddy who's obsessed with his kid playing football, and since he's been yeah, with, with strangers. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's I, I think you have to know the guy. Because it's because it's so far out, it's like it's oh, almost for, impossible to share. This kid was telling me that his four-year-old son was going to be in the NFL. I'm like, fantastic! That's <laughs> great. Right. And here we are, the fuckers in the NFL. I mean, I never thought no way, but I was like, you know. But here's here's my thing. It's the trainer in me. Um, I, I took a sports psychology class once, and uh, the woman up in front of everyone said that one of the critical uh, features of a goal is it'd be achievable, attainable. And I was like, oh, well, excuse me, bullshit. That's just not patently not true. Uh, the Greg, I want to tell you something. Your teacher hated you. All my teachers hated me. <laughs> <Great answer. laughs> um, I said, there's, a, there's four million girls with posters of Mary Lou Retton above the bed right now, dreaming of being her. And it's a pipe dream. They have no fucking chance, but maybe three or four of them. That doesn't that doesn't matter. You can't. We, there's no point in differentiating between those that will get there and those that are inspired by it and, and learn. And I'll just take my case in point. Um, I was a good gymnast, far from great, but a good one. I knew a lot of great ones. I took more from the sport than the great ones. I got more out of fucking gymnastics than I don't even want to say the name, but legends, legends, you know, got medals around their necks and shit, right? On the Wheaties box. I got more out of the sport than they did. What you're saying is you took your lessons and the difficulties and trials of gymnastics and parlayed them into a, you took them with you throughout your entire career, which led you to it, it, in a coffee shop, right? In the CrossFit journal patterns, patterns for success in any endeavor across oh, all again, patterns and the and paradigms maybe. And, and so that's what caused me in 95 to write that piece that was, I think, front page of uh, Santa Cruz Sentinel mm -hmm. about uh, uh, 
patterns of success are most easily taught and absorbed in the physical province. And that's what I got at gymnastics. And by the way, there's a book, there's a, a book called Rings. <laughs> it's about gymnastics and about ring men and ring people. And it's, it's fascinating. But uh, new book good, or old book? It's, uh, it's, I've had it 15, 20 years. So I don't, I don't remember when it was written, but it's timeless in, in substance. But uh, there's a considerable effort dedicated to the personality of a gymnast and to a ringman to some extent. And it all resonated with me. Do you all. know the author? Is it called Gymnastic Rings Workout Handbook? I doubt it's that, right? It's, it's a blue book. It's, it sits right behind me at one of the fucking places I live. All right. It's not an I, easy hold up, but it is. Hey, listen, a million of you guys are going to ask me about that book. I know it. If, so, as soon as someone finds a link, text it to me or DM it to me so I can put it up there. Every time Greg mentions a book, I get my DMs filled with, hey, I need I'll, that book. I'll deliver on that with an ISBN number. Okay, cool. I, I want to go back to uh, Travis's. I'm going to Scottsdale today, and I think it sits in the bookcase there in my office. You are going there? Yeah. By air or by land? Uh, flying. Oh. Tomorrow going to Santa Cruz. How long are you going to be in Santa Cruz? Briefly. I'm just rounding up stuff for this uh, European junket awaiting me. Uh, okay, okay. You're freaking me out because I'm not in Santa Cruz. Are you staying the night in Santa Cruz? Yeah, but just, just the night. Come back to the kids and then getting ready for what's next. So you're going to make you're going to make a circle. You're going to go uh Scottsdale, California, Idaho. Yeah. Hey, um uh going back to the dreaming thing, it's kind of like um do you think that that's a good litmus test for a dream? Like I'm just going to make this bullshit up, but like if 51% of the people don't say your dreams impossible or bullshit or look at you sideways, then it's not really a good dream. Like hey, I'm going well, to go to space. You know, I was talking with with pilot Mikey the other day in a chat and I told him that that when these dreams come true you look at you look at people that achieved you know inordinate success in any province and it looks along the way like they're doing everything the hard way not towards that not towards that success but the frustration and the sacrifices and you look at it and this is all consistent with with Travis saying that all you have to do is is uh, uh, make your kid do CrossFit and don't give him an iPhone and he'll be the best kid in the fucking state, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that isn't, that isn't an accidental part of Tyson's uh, uh, thrusting himself into the NFL and being accepted <laughs> where no one was looking. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It, uh, you know, another thing uh, he went through is the family was frustrated with Travis in this part I relate to that he didn't go out and get a job at Starbucks so that he could get insurance for his family and have a regular nine to five and be putting food on his family's table. And he insisted on, you know, taking the odd jobs here and there, trying to make money, winning arm wrestling competitions, throwing arm wrestling competitions so that he could teach his kid every single year, football, baseball, basketball. You know what I mean? He wanted to be the coach of his kid. He, he put that up as a premium. And he got a lot of shit for that. A lot of shit. It was frowned upon, right? That he chose that path. 
to raise his child as opposed to, you know, go out and, um, and get the job that has uh, health insurance. It's cool. I like it. It's risky. Yeah. My I father, I've shared this with you before, and I think on air, but uh, my father said that his greatest surprise as an old man is that he was best known for being uh, the father of his son. That that's the greatest surprise in his life. You know, I, you watch someone tinkering on something in the corner for 15 years, mm -hmm. where you see the fruit of it. And then all of a sudden, there it is. It's like Billy Blanks going door to door trying to sell Tybo for 20 years. And he, then, you know, within a five year period, he makes $500 million off the fucking thing. And it was an overnight success. Right. Overnight success. Think of how good you get. It's like on your Mormon mission, knocking on doors, delivering a message nobody wants to hear. You can develop some people skills if you if you stay at that, right? Yep, 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 yep. This dude comes up to me yesterday at a gas station in the middle of nowhere. I don't know, 23-year-old kid, uh, cornrows, impeccable posture, really well built, thin, but thin, but really buff up top. You know what I mean? Look like a like a like a like a 100 meter sprinter type, you know? And he says, Hey, do you have any money? And I said, What for? And I'm filling out my gas and I said, What for? He said, I'm I'm stuck here and I want to eat and I don't have any way out. And he looks all clean and shit. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, all right. He's all cool. He's all have a good day. And he won't come close to my car. He's like, he stays like 10 feet away, like respecting my space. And I'm like, all right, cool, dude. And he's like, cool. And then he, he said, have a nice day or something. And as he walked away, I'm like, hey, you work out? And he goes, no. And I go, do you, do you wrestle? And he goes, no, I fought a lot on the streets. I'm like, oh, you're all buff and stuff because he has looked all jacked. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't eat a lot and I stay in good shape. And he's all, but I, I, did, fight, I did have to fight a lot as a kid. And then we started talking. And, and I ended up giving him 20 bucks, which was so was, great. I was going to ask five, 10 or 20. <laughs> I was so uncharacteristic of me, but I just loved his. I loved the space he gave me when he asked for the money. Do you know what I mean? Like didn't come close to my car as he walked away. He said, beautiful family. It was a trip. It was so uncharacteristic of me. So because you know, I, I would rather, re, uh, you know, reward the street musician, even if I don't like his music. You know what I mean? I had a guy get off a bicycle at a Del Taco um, with a hoodie on, hood up, and a mask on, hands in his pocket, look around hard, and start walking over to my truck. Oh, geez. And uh, I just couldn't, I just, I just couldn't get a, put a good vibe on it. It wasn't, uh -huh. nothing felt right. So at about 10, 15 feet back as he's coming and he keeps looking around, right? Yeah. So dude, you need to stop right there. You said that to him. Uh-huh. And he did. He seriously needed to stop. Yeah. Um, and uh, he looked at me and he looked around again and he walked back to his perch. And I, I don't know what it was, but it, the, the look around. Right. Right. Is everything.
when I when I drove when I drove away from the gas station too, I was at a stoplight and he's on the sidewalk and I look over at him and he sees me and he waves. Yeah, just like it was crazy. I I don't same, I, guy, I felt, same guy hood off hands yeah. out from yeah feet away. I'd die for a fucking taco, man. I, right, right. I handed him twenty bucks, you know. Right, right. Hey, it didn't sound. It didn't sound like that. It sound. It sounded like you made the right decision. Yeah. Um. Overnight. Overnight. You know, a lot of people probably said to Tyson, "Hey, your dad's the the was the world's greatest arm wrestler. Is the world's greatest arm wrestler? Oh, I saw your dad on TV. Oh, your dad was in that movie. Oh, your dad." And overnight now, it is going to become like that for Travis. He, he's his giant star is now going to become probably a tiny star, and he's going to be, oh, you're Tyson Bajan's dad. Right. Just kind of like what your dad was saying overnight. Yeah, he's he's super proud, and he ought to be. He's crazy proud. Hey, a, a, another thing that's interesting about that path is it could have just been over. It could have been an entire lifetime of work, twenty years of just nonstop work by Tyson Bajant. Wins the uh, you know the Harlan Trophy, the, you know, the division two uh, biggest award gets the title for most touchdown passes in NCAA history of, across all divisions. And then it could have been over just hey, over all, all you parents out there. Just consider sending your kid off to a, a small unknown school. And his first year out of college, he gets a job at 1.4 million a year. <laughs> right. You know, how's that for, <laughs> does he have student loan debt? Not any, no, that's why he chose that college because it was right down the street from his house. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I knew having him on obviously was going to bring eyeballs to the podcast. And already someone this morning is like, look, one of Chicago's biggest sports writers is quoting Tyson and giving you credit from your podcast yesterday. So I sent that to Tyson. I said, oh, shit, you're going to make him famous. I'm so excited. So excited for him. Uh, hey, and, and that's another thing, by the way, at, at 51, I'm more excited for someone else than I could ever be for my, for, for myself. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm giddy. Uh, uh, I was speaking to Dave yesterday about it and he goes, God, you act like it's your son. And I, I do. I, I feel like that. I don't know why. I guess cause we love Travis. For people who don't know, I've traveled the world with Travis and Greg. Like we've been, we 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 spent basically a couple of years inseparable, the three of us. So that's why, that's why Greg knows so much about Travis and I do. Are just stories flooding your brain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a one of a kind. Jan Clark, genius. Yeah, he is. I agree. A great thinker, right? Uh, he's a uh, he's a West Virginia hillbilly philosopher. Yeah, practical and logic, logical. Yeah, extremely practical. And um, all, the, all the bravado and machismo, and there's really not a lot of ego there. Right. Right. No, he's a he's a beautiful person. He's a he's a he's a dear friend. I enjoy the hell out of him. I was talking to John Kramer yesterday. I'm willing to fire up the plane and go to a and go to a, a Bears game. Oh shit! 
Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and this is from a guy. Let me tell you the significance of it. Um, Dave and I were invited by the uh, Raiders owners to travel with him to the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. fuck, I got something going. <laughs> we, did a, we did a no-show. I'd been to the Super Bowl the year before and hated it with you. Um, Greg got, had remember had I was slid into the storm tank. dude we, we go out to Dallas for the Super Bowl it was the, the second quarter and I'm like Greg the game started he's like oh we better get over there we get there at halftime <laughs> to the Super Bowl this is the first game I think it was at Dallas Stadium it was the first like kind of like unveiling of it I think or something and then we made it, it through was, the halftime show and like the, what? the whole thing in disarray. They had to remove a whole bunch of s- seats. To make smaller seats to get more people in there, right? Yeah, and we sat near Snoop Dogg, remember? Yeah, yeah. And then and then we were there. We see the halftime. Sh- we get there late. For the, we get there for the halftime show. Then we're about three minutes into the third quarter, and Greg looks at me and goes, ready to go get sushi? I'm like, totally. <laughs> we left. That was crazy. You know, it was weird. There were there were a hundred thousand people there, and I think ninety five thousand were watching the TV monitors. I was, no matter how Everyone hard I tried to tell was. myself to watch the field, I couldn't. Everyone yeah. was. There were people yeah. in the tenth row looking up at the screen, and it was cold. Yeah, it was cold, and rainy. Right? It was rainy or sleety or something. Yeah, yeah we had to park a jillion miles away and walk and. Jan Clark from the UK, thank you. I'm here to remind you about Jake's question about statins for his dad. How can Jake convince him otherwise? He's 65 and healthy. Oh, the old statins ripping their head again. Yeah, there's a there's a book written on that, the big blue book. And it's funny, I should be better with the title because I wrote the foreword. But uh to the to the latest edition. Uh who's the author? It's a it's a uh, an anthology, if you will, and uh, Paul Roche put it together, mm. and it's that big blue book, and it has the delicious title of uh, cholesterol. I don't know, cholesterol's not the problem, and statins not the cure, or something to that effect. Oh, fat and cholesterol don't cause heart attacks. Statins are not the solution. Wow, that's a mouthful. Who's, who's the author? Paul, Paul Roche. Yeah, that's the book. And it is. And in the, the latest right, version of that, and lipid lunacy is the is the current version of that. Um, but here's a book. Yeah, you just purchased that in 2018, Sev. But uh, is, that it, is that what it says on there? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a this is some history for us. Um, it, you know, logically, it's a dead issue. Statins are a scam. The logic of it, complete and utter fraud. And uh, I think that book exposes it perfectly. Did so we have anyone that- come? Did we have anyone come to HQ who spoke specifically on the statin fraud? I, b- I believe we did several is there any video that um anyone yes. in particular and i could give somehow get people a link to it yeah Remember the uh, crossfit health seminars are full of this stuff 
Okay. David Diamond, Paul Roche. You remember Paul Roche speaking in our lunchroom at HQ? Yeah, he brought his, his granddaughter or something, right? Yes. He passed, he right? He passed away shortly after that. He was in his 90s. Fred Krumero is in this book. Uh, I'd say there's just there's been so many great minds that have dedicated their lives to just telling the truth about metabolic derangement and heart disease and, and all of it's gone fundamentally nowhere. Made some really good friends all around the world. What's the statin study that's in Wikipedia that's just riddled with errors? They, they basically took the wrong information from it, the big, the big study. Do you know what you're talking about? Yeah, it's not you a know? stat thing. I, I'm not sure what you're referring to, and I don't want to okay. run down the wrong road. Wasn't there? But uh, look at the material that CrossFit published in 2019 on uh, 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 Harvard nurses in uh, Framingham. Oh, I Framingham, think. the Framingham study. Yes. Yeah, you're going there. There's, you, you need go no further than Ufi Ravenskov on that, the cholesterol myths. Okay. And you can buy that book from Amazon or you can just get it online. Um, dig around. The cholesterol myths website contains the 12 myths and each of those, it's, it's an odd site because it's way more uh, active than, than you'd realize. But you start mousing over things and they're hot and click on it and you can get to the entirety of the book and all of his notes and references. And it's a masterwork. The response from the enemy to Ufi Ravenskov and cholesterol myths was to completely and totally ignore it. There's no criticisms. There's no challenge. But he, he had it figured out. Another, Ufi another, Ravenskov. Our, yeah, Ufi Ravenskov, another one of our PhD MD friends. A guy smart enough to know things that others don't see, and then brave enough amongst those that are smart enough to say something. There's a lot of people that understand the underlying realities and no better than to say anything about it. The cholesterol myths exposing the fallacy and saturated, uh, the fallacy that saturated fat and cholesterol cause heart disease. I asked a friend in a text who's a uh, prominent cardiologist at a major university, if he'd been seeing an increase in, uh, in uh, mortality amongst young people. And you know what the response I got was? What? Nothing. Oh. Just empty text. And I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> A fuck yeah could cost you your job. Right. And if there was no, you'd say no. What makes you silent? I, I just saw the nation's uh, best high school basketball player died of cardiac arrest. 17-year-old kid. I think he was top five. Okay, fine, top five. Top, yeah. Make top one hundred. I don't. Either way, it's just crazy. It's tragic. Uh, Jason Watkins, please go to vindicate to buy your Travis Mayer shirt. Yeah, no problem. You filthy animal, Sevon and Greg. I apologize for interruption and pandering, buddy. For five bucks, you can interrupt and pander all you want. Good to see you here. Who's Travis Mayer? 
Uh, that's the uh, the guy. Um, he owns an affiliate in God, I don't even Georgia, and uh, he's a games athlete, and he's a father of four, and a, a good dude. Uh, been on the podcast a, a shitload of times. Just a good dude. Do I know him? I'm sure you. If you see him, you would recognize him. He's not. He's not a. Um, He's not a, even though he's been to the games probably six, seven, eight times, he's not like a outgoing, like, you know what I mean? He's not a very throw handsome, but what'd you say? A picture of him? Yeah, throw up a picture. Yeah, let me show you. Great dude. Let's see. Travis Mayer. Let's see, what goes in. Let's see if I can find his Instagram here. Oh, here we go. Humble dude. Uh, let me see if I can find a bigger picture of him. Oh, no, here. I see a good picture of him. Here we go. Sorry, and this is going to be small. There he is. Yeah, I recognize him. Yeah. Had an injury this year. Didn't make it to the games. A little early for shirt sales. Eaton Beaver. Good morning, Coach and Sevi. I just got back from Cabo. I took Sevi's advice and was dropping 20s when I got there. Great people. Oh, I was telling him the story. Tip the first, you know, 10 people you see at the hotel. And it's your 20s. Yeah, and it's yours. Yeah. Crazy how that works, huh, Mr. Beaver? Sean Lenderman. My father-in-law is on statins and blood pressure medicine. Uh, he became a TikTok scientist about the vaccine, but refuses to research about nutrition. <laughs> a TikTok scientist. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, honestly, the, the, it, it doesn't take 15 minutes of re research into the statins. Um, and, and man, you'll start to, uh, They'll start to uh, figure it out. Sean Letterman again. Go ahead. Friend saw me had won the uh, Ironman uh, professional division as a 35 year old, I think it was. And that same year was diagnosed as a type two diabetic. And he's like, "How can I be?" And I told him, "Well, it's it's about diet and exercise." He says, "My diet's perfect." And my exercising, no one on earth exercises more than I do. And so something's wrong. And uh, his kid's got a PhD in astrophysics, right? And uh, started a super successful mega company. Two of them, actually. But uh, it took him 30 days with his PhD in physics to make sense of eating perfectly and exercising perfectly and having diabetes to come to the conclusion, 30 days, to come to the conclusion that he was suffering from carbohydrate toxicity and that his perfect diet was deadly. Tim Noakes did something very similar, another PhD, uh, and in his case, MD. But uh, no, it's there. It's there to be found out. The truth is there to be told. And the amount of disease that's caused by refined carbohydrate fructose, let's go right there, is, uh, is just, it's, it's almost inconceivable that we'd have a, in a single source so much, so much disease. The latest 
thing to look like it's like it's related to mitochondrial uh, dis dysfunction and dysregulation is schizophrenia. Did you see that? I think I sent it to you. No, but it pull it up. Schizophrenia and mitochondria news. And so you show a guy like Bob Kaplan that, and he goes, "Yeah, duh." He says, "Find a disease that that isn't." worsened if not caused by mitochondrial dysregulation find one the first thing that pops up is our data gives strong support to the hypothesis that mitochondrial dysregulation is a contributor to the development of schizophrenia said jennifer mule associate professor of psychiatry neuroscience and cell biology at rutgers robert wood johnson medical school and co-senior author of the study I want to. I want to go back to those two people that Greg brought. Do I look surprised? No. Yeah. But but I feel like I've heard you say this stuff as long as I've known you. This kind of well, Dr. Michael Norton, who is a psychiatrist at UCLA, wrote a book in '95 or '6, and it was a uh, Beyond Prozac. Two great books came out of the same. One was Listening to Prozac, brilliant book, amazing book, and the other was a Beyond Prozac. But uh, beyond Prozac, on early in the in the book, what page seven and eight or something, is a two page list of uh, psychological disorders. Most of them you have to look up. Like wow, people really rip their hair out of their head and eat it, you know. And he says that the most effective treatment to date has been the zone diet, as developed by Dr. Barry Sears, and he posits a prostaglandin theory for uh, for a mental disorder. That's not a different theory than this one. It's not different. It's the it's the blind guys touching the elephant, right? They're just at different places. Mm. One's got the trunk, the like other one like, the tail, and they're all describing the elephant. They all have right. an elephant. They clearly right. have an elephant. And when you see the whole picture, yes, mitochondrial dysregulation, yes, glycation, you know. The covalent bonding of protein to sugars. Yes, yes, all of that. Yes, decreased cell membrane motility in the vasovasorum and your brain and advanced glycated end products. Yes, the, it's all there. It's the elephant. I've made this observation on this show before. Um, I, I have three boys, incredibly wild, always wrestling, always going nuts, What blah, blah, blah. But they don't do any of that chatter, just like meaningless, senseless chatter, unless they have a bite of cheesecake. Unless they get some sugar, the second they they then all of a sudden that senseless chatter starts. They start just like they'll just be in the other room. The second you know, like after at a birthday party, we come home, and not only are they fidgeting, but their mouths are going. They're just like doing senseless chatter. It's crazy. Yeah, like one of my kids will gargle milk and then spray it all over the inside of the car. <laughs> Is it physics? It's crazy. Uh, Joe Westerland's trying to get on now. Uh, he'll be on shortly. Uh, Jones uh, call shot COVID 2.0. Colonel uh, McGregor on Tucker, epic Ukraine truth. Arson is how climate change. Uh, Wagner chief in Africa, excess deaths. Oh, boy, tank. There's a lot there. Are, are they trying to, are they trying to, uh, I haven't heard anything about a COVID 2. Are they trying to start up the masks again? Okay, I'll listen to that interview on Tucker. Those two people that Greg mentioned, by the way, um, and thank you, Tank. Those two people that mentioned uh, that Greg mentioned. One, what's interesting is one of them set the uh, world record for uh, some. I don't know if we're supposed to get into details of who that is, but an incredible feat. 
uh, uh, feat of strength that took like a month. And, and he was also extremely, extremely wealthy. And he had type two diabetes from eating too many carbohydrates while he set that world record, which is kind of crazy. And he's, and then he went to market with a cure for type two diabetes, which, which is the same, you know, and, uh, and the other guy, Tim Noakes that Greg mentioned is by many considered the premier exercise, uh, scientist on planet earth today. And like Greg said, he's a PhD in MD uh, and yes. pardon me. He is that he is that. And this, the, the country of South Africa tried to fucking take away his medical license because he flipped the script on carbohydrates. Like, he, they went to war. They tried to end his life. With, uh, with funded by uh, U.S. academics and soda. We had to point out that Coca-Cola was part of funding the effort to take his license away through their... Sevi, uh, what's that damn thing again? Reps? No. Oh, no. The uh, that that institute. It'll come to me. Okay. It, it, this this guy this guy worked with the 49ers. I mean, he worked with everyone. He was he was the guy when it came to exercise science. He is the guy. And soon as he realized, oh shit, and, and he was a world class uh, uh, marathon runner and triathlete, I think. But soon as he realized that hey, carbs weren't the way, refined carbs. Uh, everyone turned on him. The, the, the whole machine turned on him. It's, it's crazy. Instead of like applauding him, they turned on him. And this happened globally too. It happened to Gary Fetke in, uh, in uh, Tasmania. And it happened to uh, Kristen, I forget her last name. Um, the uh, uh, pediatrician, one of the Scandinavian countries. I forget. This, you know, we're, we're dragging up past life stuff here. It's interesting. Yeah, well, it's still relevant, right? Because because the machine's going back to back to where the money is. That's right. There's a you know treating metabolic derangement is is it is at the heart of the global economy at this point, and uh, avoiding it, it, you know, what do you do? You, what is a what is a CrossFit trainer? Earn? That's where the money is. Speaking of CrossFit trainers, Joe Westerlund, what's up, dude? Joey. Hey, can you hear me okay without a mic? Am I good? You are good. Your internet connection is a little spotty, but so far so good. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I'm on my iPhone. I'd rather not be. I'm, uh, I'm having an issue with Chrome on my, on my Mac here. All right. I don't know. Uh, are going. you near a router? Are you near the router? Yep. This is as good as it's going to get, so hopefully the internet is... Am I lagging? No, you're good. Hey, do, do you still work for CrossFit, Joe? Are you Flowmaster over there still? Yeah, I just taught a, um, I just taught a seminar. I just got done, actually. So. Oh, awesome. I say just. The last time Greg texted me, two days ago. <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome. And how long have you been with CrossFit? Uh, let's see. 14 years, almost 15 years. Crazy. And how many, do you know how many seminars you've done, Joe? Um, I'm over 400. I think I'd probably be in that five club. But when, uh, when I started multitasking uh, in 2018, I dropped down to about two a month. So I, I did the math the other day. I was like, I think right around the time I started going out to Santa Cruz on a regular basis and kind of splitting my duties, I went from, I used to do four, you know, four or five a weekend for many years. So I've been about, but I've still held two, Two a month for the last five years, but 
400. And you're a father. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a monitor right here. I'm home alone. So we'll see. Hopefully she stays asleep the whole time. <laughs> you, you have two kids. You have a, you have a, 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 a kind of a, a young kid and then a baby. Yeah. So well, I have an eighth grader and then I have a seven month old, which Crazy. by the way, the topic of the day, you know what I didn't, I, I think what I know what Greg wants me to talk about today, but I sent you that video of the backflip off the slide. Yes. Yes. Speaking of ACL tears, I didn't, I haven't sent that to Greg yet, but that thing, that kid's insane. Hey, I just I'll saw Justin Gaethje. When, when I see your son do that, I'm like, uh-oh, future UFC <laughs> fighter. Uh, he did a backflip off of probably like a six-foot elevation wearing Crocs on a slide with no one around. Just an idiot. Nonetheless, impressive. Yeah, very impressive. He's in the eighth grade already, huh? Yeah, wild. Wild, reminding him, reminding him every morning of the importance of showering and deodorant and brushing his teeth. More important now than ever. <laughs> Joe, do you remember um, me- meeting? Um, oh, and you're wearing a Garth Taylor shirt. Uh, uh, a friend that probably uh, of Greg's that I, probably introduced I, me and you to him. I did that for both of you, actually. I was like, I have so many proprietary T-shirts in my closet. I was like, what can I wear? I was like, so I, I was like, what links both of these guys together besides CrossFit? It's like, gee, man. <laughs> Greg, do you remember how you met Joe or where you met Joe the first time? Do you remember? The... I, well, I met Greg first at my level one, but I, I don't think he at the time remembered that the second time we met maybe, but, you know, we met a few times through, through those. You took your level one from Greg? Yeah, the only lectures at my level one were Greg gave them all on the Cole gave nutrition and um, Dave ran the – and then Dave ran kind of the, the breakouts and stuff, so – it's, it, was that in Santa Cruz? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. God, that's crazy. I got to have you back on and ask you some Let questions. Let me just about tell that. everyone, there is no better trainer on earth than Joe Westerlin. And there aren't, oh, there aren't but four or five people I could say that about. <laughs> well, I've got thank some, you. I've got some uh, faults for sure, but uh, uh, insincerity is not one of them. Well, yeah. I, thank you very much. It's, it's a legend. I've got my. I'm just a good thief. What's that? Got on a plane, took my family and uh, and in laws, and went to Joe and Libby's wedding. That's how important he is. To yeah. Me. You know a funny story on that. My father in law at that hotel. My father in law inquired about getting the uh, suite. This is how we got his RSVP before the RSVP. My father in law looked at getting the suite for the two of us and uh they were like it's already taken and the way her dad works he's like oh no that's that no way how's how is that how's that possible and i think i sent a text to maggie and was like did you guys get the suite at this marriott she was like yeah (laughs) i said i sent him a text i'm like it's all good it's all good I was like, hey, he hadn't even told you he was coming to the wedding, but to the hotel was booked. By the way, Greg going to a wedding to get on a plane and go to a wedding means he really likes you. I almost find that hard to believe. Did you actually see him at your wedding, Joe? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. We got to meet all the guests. Yeah. He was at the, um, that's where he met my dad for the first time, was at the the prenuptial dinner or whatever the night before. Yeah. That was cool. The prenuptial dinner. That's where you signed all the documents so she can't take all your shit or you can't take all her shit. 
<laughs> I don't think no. <laughs> but Greg's a lot like my. You know, it's funny. My dad and Greg are completely different human beings, but they both have the ability to, to talk to anybody about any topic. So they sat there and bullshitted effortlessly for about thirty minutes. It was pretty funny to watch. I didn't even hear a word of what they said. I just saw them talking for like twenty minutes, and I was like, "Oh yeah, neither one of them's missing a stride here." Dude, I I listened to your dad talk about how you dismantle a steel mill, build a railroad up to it to take it apart, and then pull out, and leave, yeah. pull up the track as the trains leave with the mill. I mean, that was yeah. You'd have to be you'd have to be thick or slow to not appreciate that kind of. Uh, engineering and you know when humans act like like uh ants it's pretty crazy yeah no, your dad is, and libby and the kids will do uh joe when i when i when i met you you were a coach at uh you were an athlete trainer or a coach at the university of was it omaha no nebraska no they well nebraska nebraska omaha was when you did that interview with me yeah so they're part of the same okay. system yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Nebraska, Omaha. And you worked with athletes of all, all disciplines, right? Football team, track stars, wrestling, the, the whole, the whole uh, gambit of uh, D one athletes that came out of that school. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, uh, predominantly football. Um, and then my first groups of uh, female athletes were tennis players. And then I worked with volleyball and softball. And, um, so on the, on the ladies side of the house, those, those were the three teams that I mainly worked with. And then mostly, uh, football on the, on the, in the men's department. And then I, you know, we all helped each other with different things. So I worked with wrestling as well because with Ricky, but, uh, -huh. and, and when you worked with wrestling, that was the, when you guys started that, that was also the first year that that team like won the national championships or something, right? As soon as you introduced CrossFit to that I, team. They had great wrestlers out of there, but as a team in their totality, something happened that first year you guys were there. I can't remember what. It's in the video. Yeah, so, and I'll, you know, I know where to give credit. Like, that was, that's 90% Ricky, you know. So, I played football there, and then, so I naturally worked with football players more, and Ricky wrestled there. And, um, but yeah, we all worked with them. And they had won a national championship at some point in time, but in the time that he was their strength coach, they won six out of seven, so... They won three in a and row, that was row, then they got third, and then they won three in a row. Yeah. And he, and I believe he credited that with bringing CrossFit there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't replace, you know, sport techniques and tactics in a great wrestling program as well. But um, I think, you know, right. one of the things that they did was, gen, you know, they brought the general, the GPP of, uh, of the whole squad up. And then, you know, the nutritional component was huge too. He really helped them figure out how they could eat more and still cut weight and things like that. So, you know, a lot of credit to him in, in that regard. So I look up uh, ACL tears. It, it, it's a subject I've heard you and Greg talk about uh, many, many, many times. I, I don't know if they're called tears or ruptures. I guess it depends on where you're reading, but, yeah. uh, and uh, it, uh, one the numbers are one hundred thousand to two hundred thousand ACL ruptures a year, and I know you have some really in the, uh, 
in the in the state in in the U.S. Right? I mean, that's no correct. Sorry, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. In, in the United States, uh, and I and I know that it's been you know I know it's uh, I, had, I had a friend who played Division One soccer, and she told me that every single girl on the team you could pull up their uh, their pants, and they got the line on the knee from the surgery. Yeah. It's just a uh, used to. It's actually I used to when I was playing football, you'd walk into the training room where everybody was getting their ankles taped. You know. Did I lose you? Oh, no, no, we're, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yep. All right. And, um, yeah, it was just, this is just personal, you know, personal experience. You'd walk, you'd be waiting to take a table to get your ankles taped. And if the soccer players were in there, you, it was, it was always really noticeable that the ladies, how many of those scars right on the anterior part of the knee that you would see. And, um, when Greg sent me the article and said, Hey, let's talk about this. I naturally, uh, it's not like I sit around, uh, you know, all day long and think about age. ACL tears. So I sent, I sent a couple mutual friends of ours who played soccer in college. I, I messaged Kelly Jackson and Denise Thomas, and I just said, uh, "I go, hey Denise, did you ever tear your ACL?" And she goes, "Twice, the same one." You know, and uh, it's just like that. It, it, it'd be an unscientific thing to say that every single one of them has one, but the uh, you know a thousand anecdotes is evidence, and it's like every other gal you talk to that's played long enough. They either did or their roommate did or four of their teammates did. That's for sure. It's funny. I, it, I've, I've heard so much about ACL tears and I've never even actually Googled and looked up an image of one until uh, last night. And I did. And, and I see, and you have some theories on why this happens, right? Why this happens. And, and it's, and it's um, uh, significantly more uh, prevalent in, in women's sports. I got some data on that also. Happens to women twice yeah, as much, so, basically, as it happens to men. Six X in so, soccer. Six? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Six so, to seven. Yep. You'll usually hear that two to eight times more likely range, and that's probably accurate. I think more men tear their ACLs just because there's more opportunities, right? More guys engaged in rugged play. So, But as far as uh, on a per capita basis, ladies are definitely more um, – susceptible and then when greg mentioned soccer it's num for women soccer's number one volleyball's number two for men football's number one soccer's number two so soccer is a big a big one obviously across both sexes yeah and why do you think this is happening you have some theories on this well um i this is nothing new and i messaged our friend sean rocket as well just to like confirm you know I'll, i'll tell you i'll give you a list of the anatomical um, things that have been cited now, just like the problem with most science. I mean, none of the studies can really be called a hundred percent reliable, but um, the big one in the nineties was Q angle. So it was the, the Q angles, basically when you draw a line from the front of the hip down to the kneecap and then down to the uh, notch that sits on the tibia, essentially we're talking about hip width and how that cuts in from, you know, the hip, down towards the knees that was like the big one that they told us in the 90s i think that's a factor now but they've shown that when they take various uh cue angles within men within male groups and within females you can't call that the one singular um reason but women do have wider hips um there you go yep and so essentially in layman's term knock need we know that's a big problem, but as a contrarian, much like Greg is, and we all are, 
just because the hips are wider on average in women, that doesn't mean that's the only reason that you're going to see that knock knee movement. Um, I, I was just texting Sean. I said, show me a volleyball camp or a soccer camp with a hundred high school female athletes and have them do a series of jumping and landing and deadlifts and squats. And I'll show you a hundred knock knees, right? Like you'll see knees caving in. And, uh, but if, show me a hundred female CrossFit athletes and you won't see that. So it can't just be the gender component, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. You have what's called the con, you could look this up. You have what's called the condyle width. Um, so those bumps, when you pull up that behind the knee. There are differences between men and women. And so you have these two little bumps that sit there and uh, they'll measure the width. That is different. Uh, women tend to have smaller ACLs. And then the last one, you will see more anterior tilt in females than men. So, like, if you look at a woman from the side, looks like she's sticking her butt out, and, you know, anterior tilt. Um, there's some things that that supposedly does that can indirectly make you more prone to uh, your knees caving in that same knock need valgus uh, motion. So I would be lying to say that this is not, and like if you ask someone who's repaired a ton of these, they can speak to this evidence. Um, and if you were to add all that up, it probably would, you know, you add it all together, it could answer for why it's more prevalent in women. Um, but, and then, then here's the other big one, quad, to hamstring strength of the ratio, right? Are you quad dominant or hamstring dominant, in other words? And are you cell phone dominant? Are you internet dominant? <laughs> are you connection dominant? Wait till oh wait till I wait till no, you're still there. Wait till I read through the comments. You're gonna love the comments in a second. I mean it's like we, we go through this list of things and, and they, they're all factors. And I think logically and scientific, I have, I'm good with all of them, except the last one, the, the uh, quad hamstring imbalance. I long thought that was bullshit. And I got a host of reasons for well, it. But we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. But listen, these are, these are factors in the, in the uh, occurrence, but it doesn't speak to what we might do about it. And that's sure. What, yeah. I think Joe has has terrific insights that yeah, I have and like missing. Well, and I'll just I'll, I I wanted to throw all that out there because I don't know what the comments say. And I don't really care either, but um, uh, it's important I to agree. throw it out there. We're laying a good foundation for the picture. This yeah, is yeah, I'm just laying. I'm just I'm just laying the I'm just laying this foundation because none of it really matters. Like, so if all those things are true about the differences between men and women, the the stability of the knee needs to be greater and so we need to be stronger and stronger by a significant margin and how we go about getting strong um and how we define strong all matters and i would agree with greg and i told i think i was telling sean this too via text i think also that the quad hamstring thing is kind of bullshit because the only way they really determine it is using a biodex machine which is really like a uh, leg extension leg curl test but that's not how the hamstring actually functions in a person when their feet are on the ground anyway. So, uh, 
I don't know where you want me to start with my thoughts on this, but I'll start as simple as possible. Um, if you're weak, you're more likely to get injured. And the best way to get strong, if we're talking about the knee specifically, is to do squats and deadlifts. And squats are not squats if they're not done below parallel. And you will get quad dominance when you are above parallel. And the minute you crack the parallel line and below, your hamstring is contributing to that effort um, significantly. And so that's like where I start the conversation with uh, prevention and recovery. Can I, let me ask you a quick question, Joe. Let's say you do, let's say you do squat, but you don't squat below parallel. Are you actually possibly exacerbating the problem? Well, you're, you're, you will end up with, I mean, you'll end up with bigger quads and smaller hamstrings, unless you're doing a whole bunch of other work to strengthen your hamstring. We can end up, we can end up with, with a leg able to exert forces that it can't accommodate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, uh, go on. I apologize, Joe. Go on. Yeah, no, well, your ACL test is like an anterior shear. So they'll grab your ankle and they put their hand behind your calf and they pull your, they pull your leg forward. Right. So that's, that's anterior shear. Well, when you, when you, when your quad contracts, it's going to take your ankle, just like when you get your reflex tested at the doctor's office and it's going to extend it forward. But when your foot is in a fixed position, when your quad contracts, it's going to pull, it's going to basically do that shear test. It's going to pull that upper part of your, your shin, your tibia away from your knee. And so, um, that like if, when you squat a heavy load that shouldn't be on your back, if you can't carry it below parallel and you stop above parallel, then you have a whole bunch of anterior shear. And you don't have the counteraction of the hamstrings on the backside pulling it back into place. And I don't know if that's exactly what Greg was saying there, but exactly right. And you can feel that in a wall sit where I have a, you know, that horrible fucking exercise where I take the hamstring and the glute out of uh, supporting yourself and put it all on the quads. You can feel that shear in the knee. What's that weird? They call it the perfect squat. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where you stand inside of it. And you can lean back. You, it's like a you, you put your feet inside the anchors and you lean back and you do a squat. You can look this up right now on YouTube shorts and you'll find several people blowing their ACLs while they go about doing that. <laughs> it's called the perfect squat it. machine? I think it's called the perfect squat. I can't remember. That might be just proprietary. But um, I'm, look, I'm looking for images. I, I just see a bunch of things that look like Smith machines and shit. You know what I mean? Like. Like same, same kind of thing. It does the same thing. It, yeah. We need the sum of the vector forces to come to zero in perfect balance. And yeah. uh, with your ass against the wall, um, hack squat, Smith machine, that fucking thing, any of these things, um, the sum of the forces isn't zero. And I swear to God, you can feel it. Anyone right now, just do a wall sit. Stay there for a while and feel what you're feeling in the knee. It's not healthy. Yeah. And if you've got laxity in the knee, there it is. You're like, wow, yeah. this is disruptive. Well, and on the other end of that, what we do know is like, it, now not all squats are the same, but if you do a back squat just below parallel, your ACL virtually is doing nothing. You're not squatting in your knees is the slang term. So um, people won't have ACLs and they can still squat massive amounts of weight because the, 
again, it's this the mechanics of the, the situation. Um, but what's funny is I went on a little when Greg said, hey, let's talk about this. And I, I used to talk about it all the time. I went on a little hunt for it. And Greg sent me the uh, the article was to the Women's World Cup. I think there was like 32 of them that weren't present because of ACL tears. And anything that's come out recently or all the way back to 10 years, you look this up. And the reason I listed all the potential reasons that uh, all the anatomical differences is because every one of these articles will go through that same list of things. And the, the one thing that no one argues about is that this can be prevented through strength training. But the bigger conversation is what does strength training actually mean and uh, how are these things defined? But I was shocked to find that in the last four years, anything that you stumble across ultimately comes down to some type of thing that is, uh, what's the best way to word this? That women are at a disadvantage culturally, that they don't have the access to the strength training. That's like everyone, it does, whether it's from ESPN, um, CBS, like at the very end, it'll be like some, uh, it's, a, it's what, like a sexist thing. What and culture is that? I, what culture is that? Well, hey, I'll... <laughs> I, I mean, it's pretty crazy to read, but what's funny is contrarians, I think there is a place to talk about the differences in sexes that are not anatomical, but um, if you hear me out, uh, you, let's just take a soccer team, college women's soccer team. There's not a single lady on that team that shouldn't at least deadlift twice their body weight. Like that's just real quick to put that in context, you're talking about women who are now playing soccer at the second highest level on planet Earth. And by the time you get to this level, a healthy, strong soccer player whose balance should be able to deadlift twice her body weight, meaning she shouldn't be morbidly obese. She should have a good body weight and she should have a strength that's commiserate, uh, uh, commensurate, commiserate to that um, uh, to that. OK, go. I just wanted to make sure I put that in perspective yeah. for people. OK. And I think this is an important conversation and it all it'll actually turn into love for the ladies like in a, in a, in a respectful way, not, not, uh, not a, from a place of, of chauvinism. And it, it's an important conversation. So, um, because double body weight deadlift is not an overly impressive feat, but you would find that the majority of, uh, collegiate female athletes can't do it. And men for that matter either. Um, but yet I just watched a 62 year old female the other day at the local affiliate deadlift well over double body weight and she did not come from an athletic background wow just, wow if you deadlift and then a week later you deadlift a little bit more that process will continue for probably a hundred exposures right so you quickly get to these these numbers and um so the point i'm making is that's not happening and so then there would be some equivalent amount that they should squat as well and do so below parallel uh double body weight deadlift is not much to ask and it's not much to ask well before the career is over and um like this isn't by the time they graduate this is probably after a year or two they should be at that number and ideally they would be there before they get to college right like many of our young crossfit uh teens are and um i did something interesting i i looked up this topic why so many women tear their acls after greg sent me the the article there's the top five searches. And I looked at what studies were cited. So something took me to um, why we know the answer is strength and conditioning, but why are women at a disadvantage in this regard? 
took me to a study done at Michigan State, and I'll conclude this story pretty quickly. They still cited another study, right? It's like people citing our in DeVore injury study. You're like, this thing gets like your site. I'm like, oh, this isn't the study. This isn't the study. This isn't the study. And so I traced it back to an article and a study conducted by ESPNW. I think that's ESPN women. And <laughs> they did it. And it was fascinating. They did, they did interviews of 102 Division I female college athletes. And you can look this up. And some of the interviews were through SurveyMonkey and the other ones were in person. And they asked them 13 questions. And these were athletes from different sports. And I have these numbers. I, I wrote all these numbers down and you can look it up. And so I might be off by a few percentage points. But these are Division I female college athletes. And 68, uh, the question, do you feel the need to be pretty? 68% said yes. Do you fear being too bulky? It was like half of them said yes. Um, have you ever been told you're fat by a coach? 25% uh, of them said yes. Do any of your teammates have an eating disorder? 35% of them said yes. Seems low. Seems low. Do you fear getting bulky? Uh, it was at least a third that said yes. And um, so if someone were to come to me, not a CrossFitter, but someone were to come to me and say, hey, my son's 185 pounds. He wants to play Division One football within 18 months as he's a linebacker. Uh, what does he need to do? I said, well, he's got to be, I don't know, 225 pounds and he needs to deadlift, start the conversation at double body weight. And uh, well, what would what would you say? Well, you need to get you need to get stronger. You need to get bigger. And the only way you can support that is through consuming a, 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 a very large number of calories, for lack of a better word, and a large percentage of that needs to be animal protein. And so I sent another friend of ours who played Division One soccer and who's on seminar staff, and I said, how much do you weigh now? She's, she's qualified for the games before. She's 135 pounds. How much did you weigh when you were a college soccer player? 110 pounds, and I had an eating disorder half the time. And I ate less than 2,000 calories a day. And the smallest contribution of that was protein. And so I just felt the need to talk about that today because everything I stumbled upon talked about this idea of, of sexism and the lack of ability to be exposed to uh, weight rooms and things like that. But um, I just thought it was funny because CrossFit's one of the safest places for ladies to lift large weight, yeah. gain muscle mass, eat large amounts of protein, um, and uh, squat below parallel and, and make it your monthly goal to see your deadlift numbers go up. <laughs> you know, you know the, the party line is that there's no differences between men and women and that being male or female is actually just a state of mind in the end. And anyone that's able to show any differences where you can't deny it, then, well, it, it's, the, it's, it's the men's fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just great. It's just classic bullshit. This is the this is the religion of of mommy has a cock. But in terms of those differences between the sexes, to focusing on that is to put too much attention on something you can do nothing about. That's right. What, what you can do is is radically improve uh, the knee's strength and stability. Yes, that that's what we do. We do that without thinking about it. Yeah. And, and that is the, 
you could there's where your conversation of broken science and just a bunch of useless bullshit filling 98% of a text in the formal education of, of this line of work, you know, um, physical education, exercise science. Um, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and by the way, data that comes from a survey, you're not doing science. You're polling, correct. Correct. You're polling, but it isn't science. Yes, sir. And I will say this too, no matter what you throw at me about the difference in sexes, the answer is still going to come back to be the same. So men are stronger than women even before puberty, on average, there are outliers. I don't care. So what's the answer? Make them stronger, all of them, right? And men are stronger than women after puberty. I don't care. The answer is still make them stronger, and we can absolutely do something about that. And we're going to do it in the exact same way, by the way. And this gets us right to a better beautiful. If I can bring up some, some history here. Yeah, please, please bring it up. Yeah. Nice. You want me to pull it up or, or not? I'm not, you know. Oh, it, it was written, right? Yeah. It was in the uh, program to the games at Carson, I think, our last year there. Okay. I fine because I remember it as, uh, in the video. Let me see. Uh, yep, here we go. Here we go. Hey, Joe, uh, while I bring this up, is there a specific program? Can you point to something and be like, hey, in this journal article right here, there's a program that is a back squat and deadlift program that I think like will get you on your way to uh, uh, giving your ACL um, uh, hedging against injury for uh, soccer players, female soccer players? Or is it just going to your affiliate and, and sign up now? Is there like something you could point to? Well, I would say that uh, the the issue of going into an affiliate when you are a collegiate athlete, just let me say that, is difficult because you have an obligation to show up to your designated team training. Um, if you are a young, uh, if you are a par the parent of young kids, um, if CrossFit programming is done correctly and you can get them there on a frequent enough basis to where they're exposed to squatting weekly, deadlifting weekly, then that is... Uh, a tremendous place to start um, for high school weight training coaches out there. Everything you know about percentages should be thrown out the window um, and complex programs. And if you squat with proper technique to a full range of motion, and then the next time you do it, you add five pounds to it, that process could probably be followed throughout the duration of a high school career. And that sounds really, really simple, but that's all there is to it. And, and and when you say deadlifting, um, all the different deadlifting, the, the sumo deadlift, the, the trap bar deadlift, that's the one you stand in the center, right? The the regular deadlift. I would, and I and would, the squat, same thing, front squat, back squat, overhead squat, you do them all? I would throw that trap bar away and melt it down Absolutely. and use it for something else. Yeah. It's, melt it's, melt it's, it? Go ahead, Jake. Send it to my dad who's in railroad salvage to melt it down to steel and sell it back <laughs> Give it, give it to the fire department along with your Smith machine. Yeah, that's right. That's about it. Hey, I thought the trap bar is supposed to protect your back because it keeps it more over your midline. It oh, keeps, keeps you, no, stupid. Think about holding, imagine thinking that holding on to an awkward, non-ergonomically perfect tool, which a barbell is an ergonomically perfect tool, and holding on to you know, a 400-pound weirdly shaped trap bar at the very top and how unstable that is. I just... 
I've never but, understood that one. Are things are things you're trying to pick up? Are they in front of you or are they around you where <laughs> you're the center of the mass? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ill conceived. Yeah. I mean, the deadlift's a beautiful thing. It's a class C lever. If you were to have a, you know learn about mechanics and is it, the deadlift's just one of the safest. It's this. It is this. It's the safest way to pick something up because it's really the only way to pick something up. That's right. You know. Right. It's built into our DNA. We don't have, that's not a, this isn't like uh, juggling or hacky sack or the BOSU ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a contrivance. It's it built into your DNA. If you were to show an intelligent life force that say was physiologically slime, but intelligent, if you were to show them a, a, a skeleton of a human being, they would, through computers, be able to come up with the deadlift, the squat, right. clean, the jerk, the press, all those things. You'd say, this thing does that. Yes. Yeah. It's designed to do that. It's Worst. like picking up, a, picking up a, a, a watch and, and taking it apart and see how it works. You could tell what this thing does by its, by its structure. Yeah. And we are deadlifting, squatting, cleaning, jerking, pull-upping, climbing, throwing, running human beings, creatures. I mean, I would say the trap bar deadlift, if anything, is more dangerous because it gives you the false sense of security if you believe in its utility. I mean, you... you There's you, a symphony of movement in the hamstring, the quads, and the glutes that is largely not at all understood. And you confuse that quartet, uh, the, the trio, if you just st stick with the big pieces, you confuse that. You've got a... I've got a... I've got a uh, a trio playing with noise canceling headphones on. They can't hear each other. And the trap bar deadlift does that. Wall sits do that. That stupid lunge where you step forward and then push back does that. That's the space saving lunge. That's the lunge they wanted me to do in Spa Fitness Center. You don't have to walk around. You can just push, step forward and push back. That's the same thing. It has all the charms of, I watched Denise Austin once explaining that if you don't have lat pull down, you can just push dumbbells up like this. It's the same exercise. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, this is a TV expert here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I well, mean, Denise Austin was who? Who's that? That was some, that was a TV exercise girl. Yeah. She's come, she's got to come back. I saw that she's uh, relevant again somehow. Wow. Wow. Joe, uh, yeah. in, in, in the I thought I'd also heard you talk about um, the importance of uh, ankle flexion and basically reduced ankle flexion, maybe even wearing shoes oh. somehow would go upstream, hurt the knees, hurt the hips, be bad for the back. It's a conversation you and I had been many, many, many years ago. Does any of that ring a bell with you? Oh yeah, yeah, um, and that was as simple as you know. If uh, the 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 shoe industry over the years, the the big bulky heel, and again, this isn't controversial. If you have a big bulky heel on, your Achilles tendon is going to be shorter all day long while you walk around. Now, if I'm going to run a really long distance, I don't mind a big cushy heel if that was what I was going to do for exercise. So I don't want to get into like the whole five finger shoes versus what should I wear for running or anything like that. But if you, you put a young child who already is probably really sedentary, if we're looking at modern kids, the average modern kid, and now yeah, you put them in the, in the 
and they're in that big bulky shoe, then if you were to look at your own um, foot and you're just a little bit like this, well, then you're going to shorten that Achilles tendon. And so the direct result of that on exactly a particular injury that, no, I wouldn't speak to that. That's too, there's too much going on there, but uh, you have this neutral position where your, your Achilles is right here. And now all day long, you're making it shorter. Um, yeah, that's a problem. So, especially if you're not squatting now, if you're wearing those bulky shoes and you're dropping down into below parallel squats, well, you are stretching your, your ankle, your Achilles. So it wouldn't matter, but it's the combination of just sedentary people and then just living inside of those shoes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read some of these, uh, comments here. Great. Greg, did you want, did you want to read the better beautiful before I go to the, some of the comments? I, I don't see a need for that, but you know, okay. I don't, I mean, different. Okay. Um, uh, dildo. I strained my right ACL playing soccer. Uh, an another comment from dildo, uh, dug my toe into the ground, uh, crossing a ball and twisted. My knee was never the same speed wise after that. Um, has chick full ACL tears in 94, 98 firefighting and hiking started CrossFit in 2009. Everyone told me it would wreck my knees, but they are fine now. Uh, what about that? What about that? Uh, if you don't, Joey? if you don't squat, you're broken. If you don't deadlift, you're broken. Even if you have no symptoms, you have, you have, you have all the orthopedic surgeons in the world look at you. If you do not squat, you're not ready for activity. If you don't deadlift, you're not ready for activity. You're going to get hurt when you try to do something. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, and even and e I don't want to cut the even at the highest levels of athletics and strut like, uh, like I said, there's a lot of men that tear their ACLs so. There were 327 ACL tears in the NFL between 2013 and 2019. That's a lot. You know, there's only 43 guys or whatever it is now on each roster. I mean, so even then, even at that level, and 75% of those were non-contact. So I agree with Greg. If you're not, I don't care how athletic you are, how what kind of genetic endowment you have, if you're putting these awesome forces on your knee, awesome meaning the, the, these great forces on your knee, you're not. You're event you're playing with fire um, if you're not squatting and you're not deadlifting and heavy for that matter. You know, uh, look, back let, me, let me shift gears here. There's a sport where the goal is to is to uh, uh, destroy joints, and that's jujitsu. <laughs> and you're that's what we're after, right? You, you know, study how an elbow doesn't go and you got to move. How a shoulder doesn't go, you got to move. How your foot doesn't go and you got to move. And they're doing that to each other. Yes. And so, and what do you do about that? So, like, there's only one thing you can do. You need to strengthen the joint. That's right. And that applies perfectly to soccer, football, and golf. Mm -hmm. um, we had an ACL tear at a kettlebell, sir. Kid was sitting cross-legged, stands up, and, oh, fuck, goes down. And I was like, that's classic. If he'd had the kettlebell in his fucking hand, it would have been a kettlebell injury. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah, this is fresh as it gets right here <laughs> there's no fruit in looking at the how it happens um there's i don't think there's fruit in looking at anatomical differences you need to strengthen the joint dramatically well, and, and you just answered the question this question on the screen too how do, Andy Bostwick, how do you help rehab an acl injury for someone where surgery is not an option squats and deadlifts Will that piece that's torn in the picture, will that eventually just grow back together on its own? Will those heal? And not if it's a complete 
uh, rupture. This is where we should have Sean Rocket come on for this one. But uh, uh, no, I mean, but it, you don't need it to squat. Hey, you know, the, the talking to the doctors, I remember I told Del Saren once he was trying to tell me how to run the company. And I told him that as the lawyer, his job was to sit at the back of the bus and look out the rear window and start addressing the people I've run over and not tell me how to drive the bus. That that's the lawyer's job, that the lawyers don't actually sit at the adult table in a, in a, in a real business. You're not going to be part of the decision making. I got the same. I got the same thing for the doctors. You can fix my fucking mess, but don't tell me how to avoid it. You've got no insights there, yeah. including my my dear friend Sean Rocket. That's not. I, we don't go to orthopedic surgeons to find out how to not get hurt. No, but I would. They'll tell to you to stay on the couch. They'll tell you to sit on the couch and stay. I, I asked Dale, would would attorneys have approved me putting a workout for the whole world to see and saying do this? And the answer is no. That wouldn't. Have, you'd never have gotten a green light <laughs> from legal for doing that. Hey, Savan, I saw that comment on the screen that someone who's a physical therapist said to, uh, yeah, there's a lot of utility in that for the other person who asked the question. If they tore their ACL and they say surgery is not an option, I'm not saying load it up heavy as hell in every case and start squatting right away. Depending on the nature of injury, you want passive range of motion back to full range and then you active range of motion and then you start strengthening it through a full range of motion. So I wasn't trying to say in every case but to say you have to have that's an undeniable duh yeah well and most people that tear their acl still have full range of motion right away i one of the most educational experiences i had one, one sec one second joe let me make sure i read this because some people won't be able to see it on the screen they'll, they'll only be listening oh joe's referring to a comment it says backward arrow modern fitness i'm a physical therapist you want full range of motion first then build strength then add cutting and running joe all you yeah, no, I mean, I think in, depending on the injury, that's going to be like the logical progression that you're going to follow in most cases. All I was saying is one of the more uh, educational experiences I had as a young novice strength coach was we had a lineman tear his ACL and he was waiting surgery. And I came in the weight room and he was working with my boss at the time. And he was just he had four plates on each side and he was just burying it as a squat getting ready for the surgery with no pain and doing real heavy step ups and things like that. So some injuries don't result in a big loss of range of motion just depends on what it is, you know, but after surgery, you're not going to have full range of motion. So yeah, you want to work back to uh, full range before you load it too heavy. Of course. I don't know what world, uh, uh, by the way, thank you for this squid pro quo. This isn't an attack on you, but I don't know what world this is. She says, you you will see videos on YouTube that women shouldn't squat and women shouldn't lift heavy weights. I think you can find anything on YouTube. I don't live in any world where it's even remotely frowned upon. Granted, I'm in the CrossFit space, but where women shouldn't lift weights. Like my my entire world, every woman I'm around from my my mom to the little kids that my boys do jujitsu with all the girls are strong and, and lift objects yep. and move weight. Like I don't, that's not even in my, none of this is even in my world. It, I, I could find anything on YouTube. I just don't see, um, I don't know what world this is. Maybe, maybe it's the dominant world. I, it's just not, I haven't created a reality to me where women aren't fast, strong and, and capable. I, I, I don't, I don't know where that is. Do you do you guys see that in your lives? I mean, wow. I go on Greg's wife's Instagram the other day, and she's fucking has learned how to ski behind a boat with no rope. 
I mean, she she's a mega athlete, and she's how old is Maggie now? Is she forty yet? Thirty eight. Yeah, everywhere I look, women are just crushing shit. I, I just don't. I don't. Um, I yeah. mean, I I can't. The what what CrossFit did for women in regards to normalizing lifting and lifting weights period let alone effective weightlifting you know and it's okay to eat and eat meat you know like you the vast majority of and god bless you i'm not insulting anyone if it's your um um if you're a vegan i i got i got all the love in the world for you but way more females are vegans than men um so what the the normalizing of meat consumption eating large amounts of food and being proud of it lifting weight so no i don't because I surround myself with mostly people that still think this way. Yeah. But, but, I, but again, my wife's a police officer, uh, I former games athlete. Of, yeah. But there's, so there are my jujitsu community, my law enforcement, uh, family. Um, a lot of those preconceived notions are still there. The negative ones, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it shouldn't even exist at all in athletics, but, me reading you the result the results of that that survey it it's, it still is and i don't i don't get it you know hey, hey but i i i also want to say i bet you if you were to ask men how i bet you men's eating disorders are really high too especially and also in in uh in professional sports and things like that i bet you it's really high it's, it's, it's surprisingly the, high yeah the problem here is the non-functional aesthetic which gets back to a better beautiful yeah mm. well and real quick, Savon, like, so there is a body image issue with young men and it's probably, yeah. they're less likely to admit it. Yeah. But there's a huge body image with especially young men. I mean, the number one reason high school boys take steroids is body image issues. But yeah, but as, if we're talking sports and sport performance, this is a different story because they'd be okay with adding the muscle, right? They, right, right. It's, it's, it, and then they're okay with eating the food if it means adding the muscle. So, um, that's just, but I think they, but I do think that they fall in the same bucket. I don't think, I I don't think that, um, I think body issues, I don't think are exclusive or dominant or women have any stronghold on that. For some reason, the society wants to paint it that way, but I think dudes are tripping just as hard. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's going the other way, but they're still tripping just as hard. Yeah. The only reason I said that is because if you tied it into an ACL prevention with uh, high level athletes, it's yeah, not gonna okay. get it, it's not gonna get in your way as much. So if you say hey, I don't wanna I don't wanna tear my ACL again and I'm like, all right, your disorder prevents your ACL tear. Congratulations. Yeah, you're like, okay, are you okay with gaining <laughs> yeah. it, are you are you okay with eating a bunch of meat and gaining twenty pounds of muscle by squatting and deadlifting? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like their body image issue is not gonna get in the way of that. Fair, our fair. Culture, our culture um, incentivizes a non functional, unhealthy aesthetic. And it's on it's on Vogue. We can yeah. see it in 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 top models. And it's it it has a counterpart in a cyclist that tells me he wants to get better. And I tell him that I'm gonna add I want you to understand we're gonna put seven to ten pounds on you, but your power will increase by thirty to forty percent. And then you have to have the brains to be able to work through that being okay. Uh, Mason Mitchell, female, seventeen-year-old soccer player that I train can deadlift three hundred, and she's skinny. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? Exactly. I mean, that's why, and that's got to be double body weight. I'm guessing easily. 
<laughs> more than double body weight. Yeah. Um, and she's. I'm going to claim she's less likely to have an ACL tear. The physics uh, of that are to me are undeniable. And maybe more importantly, less affected by it, and more and more quickly to recover. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about is that more. Yes, you were talking about more ladies tear their ACLs, Sevon, than men, and it's true. But they're also less likely to return to activity after ACL tears. Oh, women. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, 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 there's some comments in here I don't really understand, but I do want to say this. Uh, my wife is a, a avid CrossFitter. Uh, I don't know. She started CrossFit at, let's say, 31 years old. And uh, I, I, I have to believe that the reason why she was able to have um, kids at 39 and at 43, just from just regular, you know, laying around, having sex, just eating right, um, had the babies on the living room floor, was because of CrossFit. I, it, it um it, it added to her capability and in, in, from the uh, attracting me to want to have uh, sex with her to uh, having the babies and to giving them birth vaginally and breastfeeding. I, I just want to add that there were some questions in here about what it does to women and like shit. I mean everything great. I can't think can't think of one drawback. No. Um. What is this? Uh, Licks, uh, Greg and Joe are desperate for women to be in the same space as men at the affiliate, giving no weights to the possibility that spaces should be separate. I don't, I don't even understand that. I'm not, um, I'm not following that. I don't understand that. What do you mean? Like they can't work out in the same room? Like the like in, like when I would go to like those Jewish weddings where they separate the men and women by like a, a, a row of sheets? Yeah, I don't. Is this an international um, commenter? Like from a certain? From a foreign land? Like a place where men and women can't work out together? I'm not sure. I don't but understand yeah. that comment. It's our affiliate in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, man. No, they Are can't. Man. You'd, have, you'd have to go more. You'd have to go more conservative uh, uh, than that. They they work out together. I'm not. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, licks. Well, hey, this is probably argument also, uh, and I think the entire U.S. Army tests trap bar deadlift. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Um, Golf Foxtrot Yankee uh, attaches the ego to the trap bar. Uh, he says, if you have a big ego and want to quote big deadlift numbers, use a trap bar. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a deadlift when you're using a trap bar. I get what he's saying, though. I like it. <laughs> Uh, Jenny, uh, Vaccaro, I fully tore my ACL crossfitting. Oh, I've never, I've, I've never heard anyone tearing their ACL crossfitting. Yeah. yeah, six yeah. Years? I, think, I think Miranda Oldroyd did. Okay. You mean at the games? I think. I, okay. I yeah. yeah. Fully tore my ACL crossfitting was six years in CrossFit, but I never got the surgery and was able to stabilize using CrossFit and strength training. Um, deadlift double my body weight at the time, but nutrition was off for sure. Yeah, and if this helps people, like you, you're more likely to be able to go without that surgery if you're not doing something that involves like multiple planes of motion. So usually the ACL is going to get torn because, like, you're in overextension with rotation, right? You're 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 landing with your legs straight while leaning over to the side. So soccer and football are like a amazing recipe for a knee injury because there's all these different directions of force. So it's important to know that um, it's like most people don't blow their backs out by just rounding their back or just overextending their back. 
they do it when they're rotating and flexing. Uh, so I just wanted to be, you know, clear about that. Like it, it, it makes perfect sense that you can not have the surgery and end up doing deadlifts and squats. Could you have the surgery and run full speed and plant and cut on a soccer field? Those are two different, those are two different questions. Yeah. If you, you take, you take someone who's, who's doesn't have an ACL and they've, they've got a 500 pound squat, you could, as they just stand on that leg with, with nominal force laterally, get the knee to buckle. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not hearing us right if you think that, it, you know, it, it sounds like there's something being misunderstood here. And what we want to do is make the joint as strong as possible to reduce the likelihood of the, of the thing blown out. And once it's, uh, blown, it's blown out. Backward Aero Modern Fitness. This is the physical therapist again. My wife tore her ACL, was doing full workouts prior to her surgery. Yeah, 100%. But like what Greg's saying, you're not going to do a single leg hurdle jumps on one leg without an ACL. <laughs> uh, Trish. You may, um, not, you may not even like someone accidentally tripping over your foot. Right. Yeah. Uh. I tore my ACL getting up off all fours, Trish. That was waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, Squid Pro quote, uh, I agree, save on uh, 100%. But the average woman who doesn't know anything sees that uh, and believes it. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. The average woman sees it on YouTube that they shouldn't lift weights and work out and believes it. Yeah, that, well, that's a fucking tragedy. They need new friends. Quit, quit watching YouTube, unless, unless it's this podcast. Janelle Winston, I love what CrossFit has done for me and my view of what I should be and do. I lift heavy and feel empowered. I move fast and feel like I'm still young. I need a lot of food and feel healthy. Right on. Uh, Natalie uh, Bates, let's talk about the egos of sports coaches and their lack of knowledge on the importance of strength and conditioning. Uh, they are misleading parents and their athletes. Love you guys. Uh, what is she talking about? What is Miss Bates talking about here? That's a whole podcast uh, in itself. Like uh, the amount of, oh, Greg saying he's, you know, it's going to go to Sean to fix the ACL, but not necessarily to do the strength training that's going to prevent it. Like sport coaches stepping into the strength and conditioning space and interfering with that is, is just, it's always been terrible. I haven't worked in that space for a long, long time, but um can you, you know, give me an example of what that looks like? I'm completely naive to it. A hundred percent. A hundred, a hundred percent. I'll tell you something that has absolutely happened to me in the past. And I guarantee it's happening to some poor bastard right now. You are a strength coach of a tennis team and that's what the university is paying you to do. And so your plan, if you're a good one is to do logical things like squats and deadlifts and get people stronger and try to have, get the tennis players won't have pull-ups when they come to you. So hopefully you can get them pull-ups by the time they graduate and the tennis coach walks in and he basically explains to you that he wants you to have the girls or the guys hold bands or dumbbells and mock the tennis swing motion. You see what I'm saying here? Or he's going to, the idea of sports specific training is maybe the worst and one of the most detrimental uh, pieces of terminology that ever happened in strength and conditioning and sport performance. Right. So um, and every sport coach, it, it's really important that they always want to tell their strength coach something that's connected to that. 
something that's connected to this idea of sports specificity. Um, that, and then this is the big one. Oh, I don't want my insert insert uh, athlete here. I don't want my volleyball players lifting like football players. Like they don't even know what that means when they say it. All they mean when they say that is they don't want their athlete doing squats and deadlifts. That's what they mean. So this is like uh, um, uh, pitchers not wanting uh, or um, uh, baseball teams not wanting their pitchers lifting anything overhead. A hundred percent. That's what it is. Or like, or like um, the idea of swinging. This is a problem for baseball coaches and baseball strength coaches. The idea of swinging a heavy bat to pro- it's one it's it's one of the dumbest things ever. Like for like is is it, is it sports is it is it are you learning how to swing a baseball bat or are you doing strength training which one the reality is you're doing neither one and it's a bad idea. Exactly uh, right. Yeah, and and so that whoever that person said that that that's such a that is such a difficult. I, I get you feel bad for most strength coaches that this is what they have to overcome. Where the margins of competition are tightest, where where the difference between where. Uh, Two tenths of a second can be the difference between a, a gold and a bronze medal. Um, the entirety of the opportunity to make a difference through strength and conditioning comes out of GPP, and that's and that's and that's there's an assumption here already of this is about as hard a job as it gets to move someone from bronze to gold, and it's 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 true there perfectly, and it's also true of of your first day in the sport. Yeah. I mean, sport practice is profound and it's a separating factor and GPP is profound and it's a separating factor, but what exists in between is a bunch of bullshit that strength coaches are doing and sport coaches want their strength coaches to do. And that would be the air, the space of sport specific strength and conditioning. If the, I don't know, like I hope I'm articulating that well enough, but it's like one of the worst, it's one of the, it's one of the saddest stories in sport performance. There's a, a ton of questions coming to my mind to kind of want to push back on that, but I think you're right. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's a Perfect. whole, um, it's a, but I think it's a whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Steve Flores, uh, ha- ha- happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. Christine Young says happy birthday. Matt Burns says happy birthday. Bloss does not say happy birthday, but he says Joe Westerland should be here more often in his um, opinion. Um, Bailey wants to know Lix, why would we want to be separate? Robbie Meyer says Lix is a troll. No, Lix isn't a troll. Lix is a regular here. There's some point that he's making that we're missing. Jake Chapman, uh, from the Isle of Man. Uh, my wife was an Olympian. She still acts like it, breaks herself off now and again, but she's a beast. Oh, uh, Mike McCaskey, uh, Lix, don't you have a wife to go beat? Oh, that's a little, that's a little, that's a little much. Oh, no, we're getting dramatic. <laughs> Uh, I like it. (laughs) Vanessa Swayfit doing CrossFit was the reason I could have a baby naturally at 46 uh, years old. Science. Yeah, you know, like eating the food you're supposed to eat that you were designed to eat and doing the movements you were designed to do is why you were able to do that. And like, that would be the biggest thing that Greg did for the world is I knew as a young strength coach and I was really confused of why people were working out the way they were working out. So I was like, wait a minute, how come you people aren't doing squats and deadlifts and doing interval runs and things like that? 
And, um, well, like, but why can't anybody make this happen in the private sector? Like athletes will buy in depending on the sport. Right. And it's like, why, why aren't people doing this? I mean, that's really what CrossFit did is it's like in the most beautiful, simplistic way. Like let's, let's, you know, but that's, I don't know. That's just the side note of it. Um, uh, Steven Flores uh, pushing back hard on Joe Westland. I swing a heavy bat every day, Joe. It's stuck between my legs. Uh, I, I had a blind spot in my, in my stance. <laughs> he called me on it. Sorry. Uh, sorry for Joe's closed mindedness. Um, uh, the physical therapist chimes in again, backward arrow, modern fitness agreed. Strength coaches should make better athletes. Sport coaches should make them better at the sport. That's very good. Yep. You know, the, uh, the jujitsu impacts heavy. I was watching you standing there as a spectator. You know, I had, a, I had a, some of the world's best jujitsu competitors as clients before I went and watched them do their thing in their, in their setting. And, uh, the, the warm-ups were excessive. Um, and by the time they got to the jujitsu part, the skill part, everyone was a little beat up. We morphed that into a quicker warm-up, longer effort in the, uh, in the technique, and then, and then roll for some period of time. And then on the way out the door, we're going to do a CrossFit workout. We're going to hit you with Fran or something like that. And uh, produced world champions. And never, never, you know, what, what would we have done in CrossFit to mimic the jujitsu movements? All, all of that thinking is ill-conceived. And it is for every sport. Yeah. You would do better to not know what sport the person was in for most people than to wow. know. Wow. The movement so I, that... I had the Greek national basketball team tell me we figured out we're doing the jujitsu program. What the fuck's up? And I go, oh, well, here's the deal. There's no basketball program, you moron. <laughs> you mean yeah. you were training them and they found out they were doing the same thing the jiu-jitsu guys were and they got tripped out? Yeah, they got bummed out. And this is after guys yeah. told me, hey, I'm jumping higher than ever before. How do you know? He goes, for the first time in my life, I've seen down the rim. I've never gotten my eyeballs over the rim ever. It happened. I looked down into the, into the net. And he wants to know why he's doing the jiu-jitsu program. Philip Hunt, my teenage niece, just signed up for a swimming-specific training program. I heard it would cover strength and nutrition. I looked into it and was pleased that a few of the coaches have uh, CrossFit training. Um, there is the, the shirt that Joe Westerland is wearing comes from Garth Taylor Jiu-Jitsu in Santa Cruz, California. I had Garth on the CrossFit podcast many years ago. Garth was the first guy from the United States to win the heavyweight uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu championships in uh, Brazil. I think he won it, actually, in the first guy ever to do it in three belts. I want to say maybe purple, brown, and black. Someone can look it up on that. But he could not win, and he had tried several times. He ran into Greg at, I want to say, at Spa Fitness. He asked Greg to coach him. Uh, he immediately said he started deadlifting, got his deadlift up to 500 pounds, started back squatting the next year, went to Brazil, and guess what happened? He won. Yeah. Tons of stories I mean, like that. Tons of yeah. stories like that. Yeah. Make your make yourself a better athlete. That, that's what, you know, that's why people take steroids makes you a better athlete <laughs> without, without even exercising. So if you don't take the steroids, you, you make yourself a better athlete without the steroids. That's, and that's what you do. And then it translates onto the field. 
you know. Uh, I don't know if the reason Barry Bonds broke the home run record was because of his steroids, but I knew I do know that if he could have done the same thing with squats, deadlift, and bench press, and enough food. Uh, fair, I like that, Joe. Uh, Natalie Bates, four ninety nine. Uh, Licks giving space to women isn't CrossFit's job. I think that should be left to individual boxes. I host a ladies only lifting, but that's because it's my passion. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have the I have the same interest in in segregating populations in my gym as I would in a math class seating people based on their ethnicity or gender. Or... You don't do that. You don't put all the Indian kids in one corner so the white kids don't cheat off them. <laughs> no, but I would be I would be smart enough to make sure I sat next to the Indian kid. Right. Right. Uh Joe, thank you. It, it, you yeah, we got to have you back on. How fun. Hey, you're fun. Joe, you're the best. And the kid's got crazy depth to his bench, too. We could have we could have done the same show on insulin. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Insulin. Yeah. Have you uh, not hey, Joe, we could... about Joe, or is it? What's that? It's, or the, the subject's just kind of dead for you, right? No, I like. I it mean, it's I... one of those things you can get to the bottom of, and you're like, okay. No. I'm just. I'm just uh, intellectually curious, so I try to, you know, just like fitness, I try to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Just, It's a little more boring on the academic side of the house. So you have to force yourself to do it. It's uh, fascinating how practical being smart is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of plagued with curiosity. I don't know what my natural measured intelligence is, but I know that every time someone says something and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, I obsessed the entire night trying to figure out what it was about and to, to the to the fault of other things so um. i remember you used to be the insulin wizard <laughs> you would just cruise yeah. over to greg's house and walk in the door and greg would be like watch here we go insulin and then you would we would just hours oh. of insulin talk it was awesome well i don't want to i gotta know i gotta go you guys gotta go but i the other day i was teaching a seminar and someone was like well how do you i answered a question about fasting and then there was an insulin tie in there and they were like, well, Jason Fung says this. And I've just been so dang lucky. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I texted him and asked him that clarifying question. I was lucky enough. I'm not special, but I was lucky enough to meet him. And I asked him these questions. And so it's like, well, it sure helps to know more about fasting and insulin when you have the phone numbers of Gary Taubes and Jason Fung. And, uh, you know, I feel spoiled in that regard. And I could list 20 more names because of Greg. And it's like, um, same thing with strength conditioning side so surround yourself with smart people and you know then you can just claim you're smart for stealing their information uh just to clarify just so people know those are the people that greg used to bring around hq and serve up to his staff so you hear about um, continued education or doctors going on golfing trips and uh, getting their continued education whatnot uh, very common at hq to have lecturers doctors scientists experts in their field from the beginning from when i first started there in 2000 end of 2006 greg would bring experts around and when we could have adam as the as the staff at crossfit and there's joe still kept in touch obviously with he just name dropped two of them and i appreciate that i want cool. to run off some names if i can uh dr yeah, jason Fung, dr michael leeds dr william davis uh professor thomas seafree dr sarah hallberg Professor Nathan Jenkins, Dr. Zoe Harcomb, Gary Taubes, Robert Lustig, Dr. Vladimir Subalton, Dr. Timothy Noakes, Dr. Jim McCarter, Professor David Diamond, Professor Dominic D'Agostino, Dr. Gary Fetke, Dr. Paul Roche, 
Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, Dr. Asim Malhotra, Dr. Terrence Keeley, Dr. C. Glenn Begley, Dr. Georgia Ede, Dr. Kristen Kearns, Professor David Diamond, double listing on there, I think, Gary and uh, David Johnson and Jay Wartman. Those are friends. And I became friends with them in recognition of their contributions to, I guess you could probably lump most of that under metabolic derangement or delusions. And uh, they were pivotal to the, to the CrossFit effort once upon a time. And we're still in communication with those folks. I, I know Greg said those names and those were highly focused on uh, PhDs and MDs and people in the nutrition space. But just to give you an example, it wasn't just that. It was Dave Tate, one of the strongest men who ever lived. It was Dr. Romanoff, uh, creator of the uh, uh, post system and I think went to the uh, Olympics in the high jump. It was Buddy Lee, a guy who uh, jump roped his way back to the Olympics for the second time as I think maybe the oldest wrestler in United States history to be on the U.S. Olympic lifting team. John Hackleman, maybe the greatest UFC coach that no one talks about. He had Glover Teixeira 15 years ago. And then, uh, um, and then, and brings him back 15 later. He's also the um, found. Um, uh, who's the great UFC fighter? Um, uh, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. So Greg was bringing around just not these scientists, but like people in their discipline who are the best at what they do. I just wanted to make sure I threw that. Yeah, and that list of people. We made staff of those people. Most of those names you gave. Um, right, right. The other people I mentioned were of that. Uh, Smarter than everyone else and braver than the others that were as smart. Well, if you would have, if you would have stayed in, if you would have stayed the owner of CrossFit, you would have made those people you just mentioned staff also. We were, we were maybe moving towards that. That <laughs> yeah. still can happen in a different, different guise, but they're all, they're all acutely aware of the deficiencies of academic science and its epistemic debasement, which is a subject for another show. And, Guys, and, thank you. Yep. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. We're not no, it's just, you know, that, that's the common link. So, like, the guys on the strength, the, the martial artists and the weightlifting teachers and the Mark Ripitos and the Jeff Martones and the Mike Bergeners, even though they're all different and we don't agree with 100% of their views, those people on the strength and conditioning side of the house, that that's, they sift and see through the bullshit in their industry in the same way that, that you know, Thomas Seafried and and Gary Tobbs and Michael Eads see through it in theirs. And, you know, that's the common link is like, here's 99% of just inefficiency in those fields. And, uh, you know, so. That list of people, I've, I've never had a discussion. I hadn't had a discussion with any of them about infectious disease, not once. Um, it turns out that we share the same view of the COVID and its and the response and the public health response. <laughs> Right. Never had had a discussion with them about infectious disease. It was never it was never a CrossFit topic. But as this came to, thing came down the road in discussion, it's like uh, wow. Um, I got. Um, do you remember the guy in Turkey that was the one that was actually using some of Seafried's principles? And I like, do. Okay, yes. on dogs, right? Was he using it? Was the guy no, dogs? No, was, no, 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 no. People, uh, people. He okay. did, still does to this day. And he's a really nice guy. And it was funny. I had an extra copy of one of Jason Fung's books. And so this guy's wheelhouse is cancer. And, uh, you know, conservative Muslim man who lives in Istanbul. And his wheel, he's an oncologist. And I, I was like, hey, doc, I don't know if you'd be interested in this. I go, but this is an extra copy. I just had it. And I gave it to him. And he reads the back. And he's like, there's nothing in here that's not common sense. And so I had to get clarifying questions. Cause he's not a nephrologist. He's, you know, he's, he's not, 
he doesn't sit here and think about insulin and glucose reduction for the sake of fat loss or, or, or diabetes, um, treatment. And he, he like speed reads the back and, uh, he goes to the pathology page and he's like, yeah, this is perfectly correct. I, I don't need to read it. He's like, but and then he like taps me on the shoulder. He goes, but thank you for the gift. And it's like, Oh, this guy knows. <laughs> and I bet his opinions would be similar to what you just said, Greg, <laughs> on infectious yeah. disease as well. You know, anyway. Right. It, uh, you you know, you study enough pathological science, and we've had ample opportunity to do that, and you, you learn what science should be. And I was just in a discussion yesterday, it was with Dale Saren, I was saying that it's amazing how much physiology has been learned by studying pathology and, and, and trauma, and trauma. Yeah. We know what parts of the brain do what by people that take a blow to that part of the brain. That's how yeah. you, that's how you figure it out. And a lot of what we know about how science works, and I mean us, uh, people that I'm hanging out with and talking about broken science to, um, we've learned through si si dysfunctional science. So you got a good p value and it's peer reviewed. What does that mean? Not shit. It's important that clinicians do that too. As a clinician, the study you believe should be, has to be the one that comports with your empirical clinical experience. And if it doesn't, it's essential that you abandon it regardless of the p-value or the, or the uh, prestigious magazine in which the thing appeared. Yeah. Your first obligation to science is to be empirical. That's first. It all starts with observations. Yeah. Those turn into measurements and then you build models. That's the process. That's the science that replicates. Yeah. And like that's it's a good it's a good end cap to the conversation too, because the first things you learn in seventh grade is about when you're talking observation and measurement. That's gotta be uh, precise when you're talking about the dependent variables. And so the fact that there's ninety-nine out of a hundred people squatting or not dropping their hip below the knee, there's no quantification in there. So any study on whatever anyone's ever told you about squatting is bullshit because the depth wasn't measured. <laughs> you know, like you forgot seventh grade science the minute you let an athlete in front of you squat to whatever depth they want on any given rep, you know. Joe, do you know why there's never squats in the uh, CrossFit games? Why? Um, because oh. The challenge in in judging. Yeah, you mean, you mean air? You mean like air squatting or? Why is there a challenge in judging? Because it's really not hard with the pull up and chin him over the bar, fucking not right. Right. What? There's that iffy space, but the whole reason there's an iffy space is because we are all acutely capable of avoiding below parallel because the right. work gets harder and you feel it, you know it, you know that first rep on the thruster where that you're you're putting out what seems like a whole lot of effort for no movement. And then you have to really make it go, you know, yeah. that's what happens below parallel. And we used to tell people that there's a reason your squat stops high. There's a reason. And, it, and you're the reason. And it's because yeah. you don't, you don't want to feel that feeling. I understand it. You feel yeah. disadvantaged below parallel. You are, you even, are. Well, even, and even uh, subconsciously you're, body says stand up now because it's harder if we go lower that's Absolutely. like 
That's why the only iron crosses you see is in gymnastics where you're rewarded for it. It's incredibly inefficient. So your body's not going to go, hey, take these rings and go wide, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah. Hey, Joey, tell me another uh, super contraction of the uh, simultaneous contraction of the Latin pec. It's kind of a weird, weird movement. So, uh, this on the shoulder. Like on a chin up? Uh, no, on a cross. To have, oh, oh. To have complete peck and lat oh tell me of another i see what you're saying yes i, I heard you wrong yeah 100 yeah, I, I could i could argue against the functionality or the or the health of the movement man i i tore my i fully ruptured my peck and the other day someone was like well what movements are you back to now and i was like i don't know but i'll tell you the pull-up's gonna be the last one i do and they were like your peck's not even involved in a pull-up and i was like all right I don't know whether to open up an anatomy book for you <laughs> or, or tell you about the time I got rhabdo from doing a pull-up workout in my chest. <laughs> or um, you remember Rob Miller's three types of pull-ups, West Coast Rob, the blonde one. Yeah. Three weighted pull-ups, five strikes, seven kipping, 10 rounds. I got rhabdo in my chest from that. And I was so confused for a couple of days. And I'm like, I guess I didn't really pay attention in AMP 101, <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, it's uh We've had we've had exercise scientists explain that there's no abs in the glute ham sit up because you're <laughs> that you're not there's not a contraction of the of the of the of the uh, we're not flexing the spine. Yeah, you um, the whole time. What they fail to observe is that uh, there's an enormous contraction of the rectus to keep from uh, dismembering, <laughs> dearticulating de the spine. Yeah, and, uh, the those that have believed that that wasn't a good ab exercise, it was, includes the guy who filled his scrotum with a, Oy. a gallon of fluid from the draining of his abs into the scrotum on an exercise. <laughs> um, uh, I, it's too bad. You don't, they don't, you don't learn all these things on day one when you, you go to you know your anatomy class, because I was, I just saw a video of a guy snapping his hamstring while back squatting. And I couldn't believe the hundreds of comments that said, this makes no sense. Your hamstrings not doing anything while you squat. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thank you both. Yeah. Joe, Good dude. Thank you. Great show. Any time I get to spend with you is a blessing. Well, Joe, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yep. Good to see you both. Always. And, right, uh, so and let me know if you want to run some tests. We'll figure out what's up with your computer, too, uh, next time before we go on. But, but your phone was great, by the way. Your connection only improved, which is crazy, because I, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to kick Joe off. But, but it's uh, got better. Yeah. I just did a security update on this laptop last night for work. I don't know. It's probably an easy solution. I was just trying to get on here in time. So, All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Evie. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Joe Westerlin, uh, seminar staff, Greg Glassman. Founder of CrossFit and me. That's it. Uh, Licks, uh, great episode. Oh, uh, uh, great episode. You three are woke as heck, but oh well. Is that a shit sandwich? It's like great episode. You three are woke as heck, but oh well. That's kind of open face sandwich. I keep trying to think what we said that was woke. I'm open. Totally open. Let me know. I'm willing, though, also to bet you 100 bucks that you read into something. 
No, you're trapped in your head. I'm willing to bet you a hundred bucks that you're trapped in your head. Now we didn't say anything woke, but you're a predisposition to take something and spin it that way. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, 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 an incredible moment on the show. David Weed, great show, dude. Wow. Wow. Buddy, uh, first of all, uh, segregate genders. Uh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Gender is imaginary. So I think what you mean is segregate sex. When Greg said he doesn't want to segregate sexes, just like he doesn't want to segregate race, that's what uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think that that's woke in the slightest. Oh, David was hacked. Holy shit. All right. I'm open to that. Um, uh, woke would be woke is when you um, uh, uh, say one thing like um, I'm against uh, racism because um, I feel sorry for um, uh, dumb Armenian people. That's woke. Like you're the one insisting that they're dumb Armenian people, but you're hiding under the guys that you feel sorry for them. Ah, we must have affirmative action for the Armenian people because they're dumb. But, but, but it's a good thing, but, but we want to help. That's woke when, when there's the contradiction, when you're the person holding the person down but claiming that you're virtuous and, uh, and uplifting them. That's what woke is. I, I, I don't think um, – maybe we need to agree on – I don't think maybe you know what the definition is or can give me an example, but also but – but I'm open to, like, changing it so that we can get on the same page. You're, you think that men and women should have drink, different drinking fountains? Is that what you're saying? I'm open to hearing your um I'm open to hearing your reason why. I think I think Greg and I think I, I can't speak for Greg Licks, but I think Greg is all for segregating based on sex for dressing rooms and bathrooms and changing rooms. There's a little wiggle room there. It's a small business. They might only have one changing room. I'm, you know what I mean? Like a, a single shooter. Or if like you only have one bathroom, it could be multiple sex. But don't interchange sex and gender. Gender is a bigfoot talk. We don't. It's just it's nonsense talk. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Licks, thank you for the uh, adjustment for for me. I appreciate it. Men and women are different, and some spaces in society should be segregated for each sex. Yeah, I totally agree. With you, one hundred percent. But I, but, but, but if, but I don't think a weight room needs different bars for men and women. Is that what you're saying? Like, I, I, I think it's fine using the same bar. I don't need to, um, I, I don't even care. I'll use the fucking women's bar and I don't mind. I, I, I don't, I don't care. Um, I don't care. But they need a different track to run around. You know, a single shooter, just like, you know what I mean? Like you go to a coffee shop and they just have one bathroom. They just got one, one, one potty, single shooter. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out what I should do right now. I, I want to read these. I want to read these. Um, I want to read some of these comments to you and show you what it looks like when people respond emotionally. But I also kind of want to hang out with my kids right now. I want to see what's going on with my wife right now. Let me see. Um, yeah, 
care if I call my you guys care if I call my wife real quick? I'm surprised Greg's wife didn't come in and turn off the, the rings on his phone. Remember she did that last week? Yeah, Elise Garbadow, I totally agree with this. If, if a woman feels more comfortable going to an all-women's class, then by all means, go. Yeah, totally. But some of us women do not want to be segregated in the, in the weight room. Yeah, wait, yeah, I agree. Hello, you've reached Kaylee. Yesterday, uh, I went on a walk with my kids, and he said, hey, I, don't, I, told him, I told him, I told him, I told the kid, I said, hey, don't bring your shoes, and he brought his shoes anyway, and then on the walk, he said, I want to take my shoes off, and so I said, yes, put them right there, no one will steal them, and then, of course, this morning, my wife goes, and my shoes are gone. Hey. Hey, good morning. Hi. Uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, we're finishing up Kumon. Oh, okay. Sort of finishing up. Oh shit! Dildo says uh, Sevi calls his wife and Dave picks up. Oh, that would be awkward. <laughs> That's imaginative. Yeah, that would be very weird. Um. Uh. Okay. So I'm gonna fool around here for a few minutes with the crew, and then um. Okay. Take your time. Where did you guys walk this morning? Oh, you walked the dog. Yeah, we and then um, Joseph was like, "I don't have shoes," and I'm like, "Well, you don't need shoes right now." And then I re and then I remembered he left them, so we decided to go see if they were there. Okay, uh, I'll take them to one of these stores here after okay. come on and get we can get some shoes or something. Yeah, we, that's a good idea. Okay. Okay, I'll see you soon. Thank you. Okay. Love you. Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. deeply offended that he called me woke that hurt that hurt licks that hurt that wounded me that hurt okay uh i just want to read this uh, i want to finish this thought that i started the show with i made i uh, i there was this video that um there's a video that I was talking on a, on a podcast and then I made it into a little sub clip. Basically, why would you, why don't you take your kids to uh, Amish reading hour or it's just some Amish lady reading to your kids. Why do you serve your kids up to a man who's obsessed with dressing as a woman and, um, uh, and has an unquenchable desire to be with little kids? Why, why are you serving your kids up to that? Right. And it's very interesting that it's always men, but, um, not, but obvious to many, to anyone with a brain. Sorry. I know that's offensive, but and mean kind of mean, but it's the truth. Uh, someone wrote in the comments here, this, this lady, Emily writes, maybe you could have an actual conversation about this. Once you learn the difference between a trans person and a drag queen. Hey, I'm totally open to me not knowing the difference between a trans person and a drag queen, but there's something that they all, that they have in common. And, and you know that's what I'm referencing, and so you're trying to change the subject. You're attacking me. That's called ad hominem. You know what I'm talking about. You know that I'm saying that it's both men who want to dress as women. And you can be like, there's differences. Yeah, there's a difference between a weed whacker and a lawnmower too. They both have one rule. Don't put your hand near them while they're turned on. 
I mean, it's it's this you you have you have no pushback. So so you're attacking me. Men have been wearing dresses, skirts, and makeup and heels since the beginning of civilization. That that doesn't mean it's okay. Your justification for serving kids up to to uh, pedophiles, your justification for that is has been going on forever. An, another just a, t a total miss, a crazy miss. I I, I don't I uh, and it has nothing to do with sexuality in the slightest. You don't think that a man dressing up, you don't think, let's talk about some things that men do that don't have anything to do with sexuality. Well, you come up with some shit, right? Right? Well, you come up with some shit. I'm going to explain to you that it absolutely has to do with sexuality. If you're a man and you're plain woman. Oh, sorry. Oh, crap. I need to wear headphones at the gym. Oh, meaning, um, meaning this is someone, someone, someone near you shouldn't hear this conversation. Some drag queens are gay. Lots more are straight. What does that? What does that matter? Now you're conflating. I don't care whether they are straight or or gay. How does that have anything to do with anything? I have no problem with anyone who's straight or gay. I have no problem with anyone man men dressing up as women. Zero. It's the kids part. It's the kids part, Emily. You've still not addressed me. You've been triggered by something I've said. I get it. I get it. I've said something bad about someone throwing an apple through my window at my house. And you love apples, so you're telling me how healthy apples are. And I'm telling you, I agree with you. I love apples too. But I'm not talking about my love for apples. I'm talking about the one that someone threw through my window at my house. That's where the Taoist saying comes in. I'm pointing at the moon and you're staring at my finger. You do not control the fucking conversation just because you're having some delusions about what I'm saying. I know, Blas. I'm troubled that Sevon has to explain this. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy that I have to explain it. But I get it. It, it, and and I'm but here's the thing I'm glad she wrote this I actually should thank Emily because these are important things that need to be talked about so let's be clear it doesn't matter to me the difference between a, 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 a tra trans and someone who wants to dress a man who wants to uh, dress up as a woman and read to little kids I'm talking about the commonality between them it doesn't matter to me if it's been happening since the dawn of time there's lots of weird shit that's been happening since the dawn of time and I don't care whether they're straight or gay. It doesn't matter to me either. That's not relevant to what I'm saying. I'm talking about someone who's trying to introduce kids to something that's not healthy for kids. And then it says, like conservative darling George Santos. First of all, you're crazy if you think George Santos is a conservative. But also, I don't care. By the way, George Santos is also gay, so are you attacking gay people? Using your logic, because I know why you're bringing that up, because you think I'm conservative, and so you're bringing that up as like some sort of attack on me. You're, you're, it's, you're, you're just nuts, dude. You're, Emily, you're totally missing the point. And then she goes on to say, and if you'd ever educate yourself on what drag queen reading time is, it's about having confidence, being comfortable in your own skin. Oh, I'm going to bring my kid... To a place and serve him up 
to a man dressed as a woman who wants to stand right next to my child and read to them to help build confidence? Is that what someone told you, Emily? Confidence for who? For the, for the, for the, for the cross-dressing male, the tranny, or for my kid? Who's it supposed to help build confidence for? Being comfortable in your own skin? We've already established they're not comfortable in their own skin. They're completely covered in fucking makeup with a fucking wig on. We've already established that. What are you even talking about? You don't need physical combat to learn those things. Violence impedes the learning those things. Jiu-jitsu is not about violence, actually. I recommend having a watch of Feminist on Cell Block 9 for lessons on the two. Oh, great. Wow. Then someone goes on to say, listen to this. Someone goes on to say, I genuinely expected this video to be about your children on, on children's Instagram account of their lives. There's nothing inherently perverted about drag, but I assure you there are lots of pervs on social media looking at children's accounts. You could be 100% right. I could be doing everything wrong, and it's not the first time I've heard it by put, put, putting pictures of my kids up on Instagram doing skateboarding tricks. You could be totally right. There could be perverts out there watching it. You could be 100% right. The thing is, and the thing that you're missing is, I am not taking my kids to a place where you've admitted it seems like there are perverts and serving them up to perverts. Do, do you see the big difference? You're basically, you're also doing ad hominem. You're trying to attack me because I may be doing something wrong by posting stuff on it, my kid doing skateboarding tricks on Instagram. I'm open to that. Maybe you're right. But please, don't confuse that with the distinction of people trying to virtue signal by bringing their kids somewhere where there's men dressed as women with an unquenchable thirst to be around kids. Caller, hi. There are two things. One, for Emily. Both yeah. things are for Emily. One, yeah. I, live in, I live in George Santos' district. Yeah. Nobody likes him. Everyone knows he's a fraud. So her point is not valid. She's getting the biggest outlier of a Republican to show, oh, this is like your boy George Santos. No, he's an outlier. No one wants him here. Everyone in our And no one believes around. he's a Republican either, by the way. No one believes he's a Republican. But it doesn't it doesn't no. matter, but no one believes that. You know why he ran as Republican? Because the area around where he's at and representing was oozing for Republican leadership because of what was happening around us. That's right. the reason why he's Republican. Right. And number two, with the drag queen stuff, there's a local bar or restaurant over here that has drag queen Sundays. They are the biggest proponent of law enforcement and doing the right thing. The reason they have drag queen Sundays at the bar and restaurant is because there's a need for it and it sells. And guess who's not allowed? Minors. You're not allowed to have kids there, just adults. And hey, and that's cool. I'm totally cool with that. 100%. Do your thing. Yeah. Do your thing. That's cool. I'd even go to that. I totally Emily, go to that. Sorry. She's wrong. She's wrong. And if she wants to, she should call up and hey, have a discussion. Listen to this person. Listen to this person. Once again, just flawed thinking. Listen to what this person says. How many kids have been molested at drag shows? How many kids have been molested at church? Oh, so let, let, let's just say that it's 10 to 1. Let's say you're 10 times more likely to be First of all, it's an insane comparison. But let's say you're molested 10 times more at church. So what? I'm not bringing I'm not bringing my kid I'm not bringing my kid to church to be molested. I think Philip I think Philip reposted a uh, story. Where are all the drag queens 
at the nursing homes, where are all the drag queens, at like all those other places, not schools and not libraries where they can push this stuff onto kids. It's yeah. only the kids. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get I don't it either. Get it. Uh, Lick at what uh, Lick says at what age um, uh, should kids be allowed uh, to attend a drag show? Listen, there's a difference between taking your kid. Like I would take my kid to a um, uh, 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 a musical where all the females are being played by uh, um, men. But am I going to take? Am I going to? There's a difference between that. Yeah, that, that that's nuanced. I don't. I like I said. I don't have an issue with uh, people dressing in costume and whatnot. I have an issue with it being used as a as a as a, as a, as somehow tied into reading at the library to little kids. There's something not right there. It, it's it doesn't. It's not right. It's, it's, how come they hey if, if here's the thing what if there were 50 different reading hours what if there was like the amish lady reading hour the uh the jew with the fucking black hat and the doily reading hour what if there was like the arab reading hour and then all of a sudden one of them was like the uh, mentally ill reading hour and it was a transgender person cool at least now we got a um a, a whole range of things why is it just the mentally ill reading hour and why is it not being called that and why is it for little kids i fuck Dude, the thing you posted and showed on the show with the quote unquote normal lady reading to kids. I'm sorry, but that looks normal when you have someone in drag reading to kids with that scary makeup for the, for the average person that is not normal. So why is the left normalizing this? Stop normalizing it. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't take, I'm not taking my kids to, th that was a uh, tongue in cheek. I'm not taking my kids to jujitsu because, um, uh, I, I want them to be quote unquote around sweaty Brazilian guys. That was supposed to be part of the bit. The funny part. The thing is this, I'm the example is this big picture. I bring my kids to places where I want them to there. I want there to be an influence on them. Right. So I take them to the beach. I like the influences there. Playing in the water, playing frisbee, being physical, being one with nature, right? I take my kids to, um, I don't know. Uh, I used to take them to dancing classes before COVID happened and the dancing class uh, shut down. Why? Because I wanted them to be around uh, dancers. I wanted them to be around dance instructors. I take them to the skate park. Why? Because uh, it's uh, outside activity. Um, they can do it by themselves. It's fun. It's hard. There's a steep learning curve and they can build some, you know, uh, some, some lifelong skills around it. I have my mom over to teach the boys piano. Um, why do I do that? Because I want them. I mean, you get it, right? I want them to be around their grandmother who's a part of my family. They can learn. They can bond with someone. They can get familiar with being around people of all different ages. Um, and then they can learn the piano. It's like, why would I take my kids to the library? around someone who's mentally ill someone they're not all mentally ill okay 89.7 percent of them who's a man who dresses like a woman who probably probably should how long do you think it takes to get ready like that let me go a step further tell you how fucking crazy i am i'm not really interested in my kids hanging around anyone who spends an hour getting ready to go out in public period how about that i i just don't find value in that I don't, I don't want my kids to be burdened by that. How about that? How about I start there? 
so you don't get hung up on the drag thing. Dude, I don't care how many people get molested at the church. That doesn't justify me. That doesn't like, well, church is worse than drag shows. Fine, you win. Now what? I don't care. I'm telling you that that is a fucked up place to take your little boy. There is no homeostasis with raising kids. You're either helping them or making things worse. There is no homeostasis. Philip Kelly. God, I love this kind of thinking. This is a cool. I like it when this is uh I love this kind. Uh this is cool. I don't know why the comments won't come up. Something's wrong with my computer. I'll have to read it to you guys. It says, oh, here we go. They don't have reading time at drag shows. Why do they need uh uh drag what why the need for drag queens at reading hour? Yeah, they don't have reading time at drag shows. Why the need for drag queens at reading hour? They don't. There's no kids at drag shows. So you're bringing the drag shows to the kids? Fucking what the fuck is going on? Because, uh, you know, Kevin, I, I, I'm just going to take a stab at it. the CK. Kevin, why is this so hard to understand? There's this desire to be accepting of everything. And I get that. I have that desire, too. I get it. You want to accept everything. I'm going to go back to the apple. Someone threw an apple through my fucking window and broke my window at my house. It's nothing personal against apples. Stop. Like, I don't want apples to be thrown at my windows. But, Stefan, why are you being so, uh, why are you against apples? I'm not. I'm not. I'm cool with apples. They're totally cool. They're cool in apple pie. They're fun to eat. They're nutritious. I like the green ones. I like the red ones. I'm just not going to accept the ones being hurtled at my house, thrown through my window. But, Sevon, that's not very accepting of you. Accept all apples. All right. Golf, Fox, Trot, Yankee, Sevy. The boys want to go to the beach. I know, and I can see the sun's out. I wish you could see how cool this setup is that um, CA Peptides gave me here. Hey, listen, I really screwed myself. Um, you know what I did? I want to tell you the schedule. I I, I text uh, Susan this morning. I'm like, oh my god, the whole schedule is full. Why did I do that? This is so dumb. I'm on. I'm I'm in. I'm not at my home studio, and I have all these all these people on who deserve the best of me. I have tomorrow. I have Alexandria on, the f uh, founder of. Um, Wolverine, which I'm super duper excited about. Everyone wants to start a supplement company, right? I'm so curious to, to talk to her. It's going to be good. Uh, then on Thursday, I have Adam Clink. He probably deserves more than than. Then on Friday, I have a uh, Pamela uh, Gagnon on. Gagnon on. Gagnon on. Pamela Gagnon on. She's the um, uh, gymnastics uh, expert over at uh, Mayhem Empire. I've wanted to have her on for over. I've been talking about her for over a year. I should probably even back in the CrossFit podcast days. She got a great Instagram account. Saturday should be fun. Josh with uh, Purtle Fluffy Duck. Who knows what the fuck we're going to talk about? I'll open up the phone lines. I think we're just going to hang out. I actually liked him. I'm going to propose to Josh. Like, I, I don't think mean people should out themselves, and he outed himself. So, but, but his meme channel is great. So we'll talk about that. That'll be fun. Saturday live call in show. That's cool. Monday, Josh Bridges, that's easy. Next Tuesday, again, Greg Glassman. Wednesday, 
uh, former Navy SEAL uh, Bear, who's also the CEO of Born Primitive. That dude deserves better of me than what probably he's going to get. That sucks. Thursday, I'm doing the BirthFit podcast. I do not do podcasts. I would do Pedro's podcast, and I would do. I'm going to do the BirthFit one. Those are the only two, and I'm so. Uh, I'm I'm actually really excited to go on there. I don't know if that one's live. I don't know what's going on there. And then uh, Friday the first, um, I travel. All right. Oh shit! Cyril Gone is fighting again. Saturday, uh, it's the second September second. Oh, and that week's going to be crazy too. September third through ninth, because I think Greg's going to be in Santa Cruz, so I'm going to get to hang out with him all week. That's my life. Not that you care, but maybe if you heard some people's names on there. Um, uh, oh, Sevi. Oh, interesting. Vindicate. Uh, Sevon, uh, have them send you the newborn primitive shoes. They are a lot like the Nano 2. Oh. Hi, welcome to the show. Can you give me some free shoes? Uh, CK Kevin, I think seven-year-olds should be able to drive too. Why the age restriction? Oh. Hey, the difference between walking... Like if you go to a city and you walk around a city, let's say you go to Paris, you've never been there before and you live there for a month and you walk everywhere versus bike ride everywhere versus drive everywhere is so different. It is so different. The difference between driving somewhere every day using a map versus using nav is so different. And my, what I mean different is it just affects your brain and your and your understanding of your surroundings incredibly. There's people that drive every day in places that they would be fucking terrified, a lot of people, to get out and walk around for one reason or another, for one reason or another. And so if you don't think that there's a difference between getting read a book at the Amish Amish lady reading hour, the lady who pulls up on a fucking horse and wagon versus the tranny reading hour. You, I mean, dude. Oh, so they're not trannies. They're cross-dressers. Fine, whatever. I'm just saying to dudes who, who are, for some reason, dudes who have embraced women's clothing. Bailey Walker. Hi. Can't wait for Pamela. Yeah, she's going to be great, right? And finally, let's leave on a positive note. Blas, Sevon is so, 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 so good at making cool diversions from subjects at the right time. Thank you. Love you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.